So I get home yesterday, and I realize that I had a booger. And I got to ask you, did, how, did I have it all day? Like, why didn't you guys say anything? Oh, like, do you just mean all day yesterday, or? I I, I want to know, when I left here yesterday, did I have a booger? Yeah, yeah, you had it and why all. Why didn't you say? Ugh. There were a few days, actually, like a couple days in a row. Like the same booger? I don't know. Dude. I guess it's possible. I've had a real tough time looking at myself in the mirror lately, so. We were taking bets on when it was going to fall, so that's why nobody said anything, you know. Okay. I guess, man. Hey. I'm falling apart. What? Hey, how's it going, hey sir? Hey, uh, new in town. Uh, I had a buddy at work tell me recommended a movie and i was just coming down to see if you guys had it uh it yeah. goes by the title of stick them up oh shit god damn it uh, all the money now all the money all the all the, co- uh, the jerry tokens yeah dude we what the fucking no the money the cash you guys know what i'm talking about on a fake currency around here. yeah no 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 give me the real money stop talking shit and give me the real money you think you're the first guy that's thought of this? Cron? It's, it's worked before. Cron, my heart rate's getting up, dude. What's wrong with that guy? You're, that guy, Do, don't worry about that. Take care of him. He's, take he's care of mani- him. He's the manager here, but he never throws in for pizza. So He he looks like an assistant manager. He's, just, <sighs> he's conflicted, dude. I swear to God, don't you say ass manager. Don't say ass manager. We have too many monsters. I'd be taking the monsters too. Oh yeah, and by the way, guys, it's cool. I got a gun too, so you stick them up. That's bigger than mine. Is that a desert eagle? Yeah, of course it is. It's all we have. Fuck. This is the smallest caliber gun we have in the store. I've walked into the wrong situation here. I didn't think this through. Carl, I gotta eat this guy. Oh my god. Why is that guy grown hair, dude? He's going. You can't stop it. What the fuck did I want? You started this, dude. I hate, I honestly, I hate watching it happen. I like it when it's normal, and I'm fine with him when he cheats. I'm going to shoot him. He's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything. I think I have to shoot him. The way his dick changes into his tail is disturbing. (laughs) Just like suck in and suck out the back. Yeah, it goes in and out. In one side and out the other. I should probably shoot him. You could try. I, I, I won't do anything. Oh, shit. His voice has changed. Yeah. He's, he's over, dude. I thought this was some, like, lore shit. Like, what the fuck? This is real? You're, you are witnessing it. You tell me. I think I need to go back to church. Jesus. I mean, you can shoot him if you, we've shot him before in this state and nothing happens, so. I'm not going to. Honestly, there's no bullets in this gun. God damn, dude, it's an amateur hour over here with this guy. Well, I. You mean I, I do this for nothing? I don't bend out of shape for fucking nothing? This, he's the ultimate, like, protected dog, that's for sure. Cron, just, yeah, just give him a movie and a Jerry token. All right. You know. You guys hiring? No, but here you you could take this movie. This is Hostage, starring Bruce Willis. I'm sorry, I didn't write down the year or the director. This 
This shouldn't have been my thing to do, but either way, it's hostage. Here's a Jerry token. Have a good one. You guys aren't going to tell anybody about this? No, dude. It's water right, under a bridge. I'll, I'll even bring it back on time, I promise. Welcome back, folks, to Five Day Rentals Podcast. Uh, we are a video store podcast where each week we take turns picking a flick that we think meets a fun non-genre category. This round's category is the big three, but not the three you want. And this week's pick is Hostage from 2005, directed by Florence Immels Siri. And uh, last week, Bones took us through The Running Man with Arnie. And the week before that, Cron Howard took us to the mountains of Colorado for Cliffhanger with Sly Stallone. So uh, go back and check those episodes out if you haven't. And uh, I got stuck with Bruce Willis, so I'm going to take us through Hostage tonight. And it's going to be the longest show we ever did. So sit back, tie your shoes, get your pants on, and let's do this. Um, as always, I'm here with uh, my brilliant co-hosts, uh, Bones and Cron Howard, both equally brilliant. Um, one's good at riddles, the other's not. How we, uh, how we feeling tonight, guys? It's feeling good until you got that riddle crack in. There's a bunch of sirens over here. I don't know if you guys can hear it. Are they coming to get you? Maybe they're getting those street I'm, racers you guys heard right before we started recording. We're, we're in the same store right now, so of course I can hear it. <laughs> it's not like we're in different cities. We're in the same store. Yeah, this is our after-hours video store podcast we do at the video store. Mm-hmm. Also, can I um, can I call dibs on being the quiet psycho of this episode yeah i mean i mean it kind of kind of sounds like a way to get out of podcast responsibilities hmm you mean you almost don't have to act if you just act crazy how much have you had to drink that's the question uh i had a few earlier in my in our shift <laughs> all right drinking while working dude yeah, man. I don't get any respect right, around cool. here. You don't drink one of those beers when you go back there to take a shit, Cron? Yeah, oh, dog. Do. What are you I drink, doing? I drink the bathroom beers. Somebody's drinking know. them. We need to refill those. Keep restocking them, yeah. <laughs> hey, so, yeah. when the water got shut off, those bathroom beers helped us, help us flush the toilet, yeah. Whoa, you flushed a toilet with beer? That's a sin. Yeah, dude, that's... Just let it linger, bro. Dude, it's... They're fucking Keystone Lights, man. <laughs> I was pooping in a it's bag. mostly water. Throwing them in the trash. <laughs> like it's an adult plastic bags went. I'm not but, an animal. Yeah, I was trying to conserve our beer, dude. 
I only poop outside when I'm in werewolf form. Thank you, Kron. Thank you, Bones. Both. Yeah, so um, we're going to do Hostage tonight. Uh, it's a little little serious flick here with, with Bruce Willis. Uh, you guys want to give out some first thoughts on Hostage? I know, Kron, this was the first watch for you. Oh, yeah. So... Um. There's like a, there's at least a part of this movie where I was like, it's better than I thought it would be. I don't know if it contain like if it can, I don't think it holds that tone throughout the entire film, but like, you know, early goings, I was like, this is better than I was expecting. I mean, did you think it was going to be straight trash? I mean, if you start talking 2000s-era Bruce Willis, you it's a coin flip, flip dude. Flip a coin, I mean, yeah. yeah. Do you guys share this, like, the perspective that this is not a movie that we get anymore? Like this level, like this budget level sort of tense actioner, you know? Mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I think you're hard-pressed to find these. Yeah, I think like a smaller budget studio film is becoming less and less of a real yeah. thing. Like they're either all giant blockbusters or independent movies. So yeah, yeah, and we talk about that a lot. But there's there was this lane, you know, of '90s, 2000s where you could see like Harrison Ford could have been in this movie. Like hell, he what he he did that Firewall movie. You know, that's like probably similar, like that similar vein of, hey, these guys are getting a little bit older, so let's try to maybe do the that type of action. And then it feels like Liam Neeson did Taken, and they were like, oh, no, 60-year-old guys can still do karate as long as you do shaky cam. You don't have to do convoluted high-tech plots. Just do old man, still relevant. That's what people want. I mean, 50-plus is still uh, an audience range they want to put ass in the seats, man. Yeah. Well, I feel, I feel like some of it has to do with just, at least in the mid to late 90s, like people, I would just, I would buy DVDs of the movie I had never even seen before because they were $5. You know what I mean? And I feel like they used to take that approach of like, hey, even if this movie sucks in the box office, like we'll throw unrated on the DVD cover sell them for $5 and make our money back. Like, yeah, no problem. In middle America. Yeah. I I mean, I think once people started being like, no, I don't buy media anymore. Like, I'm just going to stream everything. It got harder and harder to make like a mid-budget movie. Dan, did did you have any, like, did did you want to talk about the Bruce of it all? Like, I didn't know, did we want to go into, like, his trajectory? Because I will say this. Bruce is the only of these three that could have made this movie. Because Stallone never would have let that kid die. Like, he would not have, like, he would have, no way. Rocky can't let no kid die, no way. Maybe the mom gets it, but the kid gets out, you know. And I don't think Arnold has the capacity to do it. 
I feel like the darkness level, I feel like Bruce is the only one that could do it. I think Arnie could do it. He did Kindergarten Cop. That got dark there at the end. Not well, super it's dark, dark. It's super but... dark. It's almost as dark in the beginning of it, though, too. Because yeah, Kindergarten Cop opens with him like in his most badass form ever with that beard and trench coat and shit. You're like, where yeah, is this Arnold true. more often? But I was and inter- it was totally marketed as like a family comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not shooting a kid though, are they? I haven't I seen Kindergarten Cop in. I don't no, know. I, I mean, there's there's the no, there's no children death. Isn't there the threat of children there's, dying? Though? There's the threat of children being kidnapped because oh, okay. the dad wants to take the kid. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and that's that's the threat that Arnold would have. Arnold's like. He tries to get into like collateral damage where like my family died and I'm going to try to get revenge, but it just doesn't work. And he was sort of aging out of being able to move around. But I took a look at um, like if you pull up IMDb for the 2000s, early 2000s for Bruce, he's still on a good trajectory. He's got six cents in 99. He's got Unbreakable in 2000. He does Bandits, Hearts War. You've got the kid, whole night. So there's like, he's like working and trying. He's doing a lot of genres. Tears of the Sun in 2003, which is fucking dope. That, it's like too good of a movie to be on this show. I haven't uh, seen it in years. Whole 10 Yards in 2004. And then 2005, man, this is like the last one. He does then 16 blocks with Richard Donner. I was going to say, so blocks should be in there. Yeah, okay. and that's 2006, and then it's just down. He gets the diehard, surrogates, cop out. It's cr- like So this is this is him at the crest, like about to go over. And you could see it too. Like He's trying in some of the scenes in this, and then he's also just like, I'm going to put my shirt on and I'm going to walk from here to here. Yep. Wear this hoodie. Yep, they, I don't need to try in this part. Well, I think, I mean, he does kind of start phoning it in, but I think there's also, I don't know if he just doesn't care or if he has no understanding of like what works as a Bruce Willis vehicle or like what is good writing for him, you know? Yeah. Because I think he takes... He takes some of the biggest swings out of any of the three, I guess. I mean, like, doing the Sixth Sense is not something I think Arnold or Stallone would do either. Mm -mm. And, like, I think he works pretty well in that movie, you know? Unbreakable, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's his part. But I also think, like, sometimes he just doesn't even understand, like, hey, here's what people like about you. Or, you know, here's yeah. the kind of movie. he cares about that, though. No. But he also didn't start... I mean, Ar- Arnie started as a fucking bodybuilder, you know? Stallone wanted to be a serious actor who also just happened to be a genetic freak and into fitness and, like, worked his way into that. Bruce was, like, a wannabe musician, was funnier than he was anything else. You know, you talk about, like, how to write for him. They don't want nobody wants him in Die Hard. Nobody believes in him. He does it. He fucking blows it out of the park. 
and half of the dialogue is him ad-libbing. Like, so then they do Die Hard 2, and they're like, just fucking go with it, dude, because that was the everybody's favorite part of the last one. And like you said, it's big swings, and almost half of them fall super flat. Mm-hmm. So I think right out the gate, he's very it's very confusing. Then he does Hudson Hawk, where he is like, oh, let me amp up the comedy and be goofy. It doesn't work. So... You're absolutely right. Like he just he himself can't pin where he wants to be, and then the, right. it's like the directors, the studios don't know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. I always I thought a lot. Sorry, bones. Go oh ahead. no, good, good. I was gonna say I think a lot of the directors like throw it out there, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'll do it," and they're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I didn't expect him to say yes. Well, I mean, Kevin Smith was famous for like loved him. He was a fellow Jersey boy. Couldn't wait to work with him, and then immediately in cop out realized like oh he's a fucking asshole like this sucks i heard uh there's there's a podcast i really like um called the suspense is killing us and one of the guy like for whatever reason they were talking about cop out and the one guy was saying like if you actually go watch that um evening with kevin smith it's like whenever kevin smith is telling that story it's like bruce willis sat down next to me and he was like hey, what kind of lens is that? And I was like, I don't know, dude. I don't know any of that shit. And it's mm-hmm. like, Bruce Willis is just asking you like things a director should know. So it's like, maybe you're saying he was phoning it in, but at the same yeah. time, like maybe you are not a good director. Okay. All right. I'm also going to fall guilty of repeating. I think it, I want to say blank check. I think it was David Sims on blank check. He talked about this too, that Bruce does that. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like a blah, blah, blah. You open it up. You're doing a 50. Like he does that like as a test to see how knowledgeable the guy is Mm -hmm. because they said uh, like in Moonrise Kingdom with fucking Wes Anderson, like he gets a great performance out of Bruce Willis. Like he's fantastic in the movie, works for the part beautifully. And Wes Anderson's like, he had a great time working with him. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, nobody knows their fucking lenses more than Wes Anderson probably. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So fucking Richard Donner, uh, John McTiernan, all these guys that he probably worked with that, you know, knew how to fucking shoot where Kevin Smith is like, I'm a dialogue guy. Yeah, that's interesting. And of course, I'm sure these like Bosnian direct to DVD digital movies <laughs> fucking change in the lens. Like, nope. Just sit right there, Bruce. He's not even asking these guys that question. No, that's, say, that's showing up for a paycheck. I mean, Bruce has some Russian money that he's probably like, eh, I probably shouldn't have did that about right now. <laughs> Surely he stipulated, like, you got to pay me in USD. <laughs> I don't care how you get your hands on it, but you got to pay me in dollar bills. How does that yeah, How does that work? Is that like a half up front, half after? Yeah, probably. Like what? Yeah. Pay for the services they show up. I don't know. We'll have one of our actors' friends call us and do we, let us all know this. Do you think he'll have like a bounce back? Do you think he'll do something in the next few years? And it's a Michael he, Keaton like he's fucking back, dude. I was gonna say, you think he's gonna do a Travolta, which was funny because Travolta's come back. Bruce Willis was in that movie. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I could see him doing a like, because he he still will show up in a good movie every now and again. But yeah, 
I guess it's just going to be like what director is going to give him the starring spot, you know? Yeah. It's it's going to have to be somebody like Wes Anderson who won't put up with his shit mm-hmm. or who has already sort of worked with him. I mean, he works with M. Night. I never saw um, Glass. I didn't have enough desire after Split to revisit that, so I don't know. You know, yeah, if he really shows up that. to play in that one. Maybe I meant Unbreakable whenever. You, you I said, said Unbreakable. That. You said Unbreakable. But, I, but then yeah. he comes okay. back around for class, right? Yeah. I didn't see that one either, so. Yeah. Because, yeah, you don't. To spoil Split, everybody. Uh, oh, no. What? Diablo. Diablo spoiler for Split. Uh,. You go the whole movie not realizing that it is in that universe. So at the very end, Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Bruce Willis are revealed to exist in that world. Actually, I don't know if Samuel L. Jackson's in it. Is he? It might just be Bruce at a diner or something. I don't remember. Yeah. But I'm wondering with... I think they might both be there, I think. With the Nick Cage like bounce back with Pig last year. Because he was just doing direct-to-DVD, direct-to-Hulu shit trying to pay his taxes and shit off. And now it's like, he does pig. People think like, oh, he got robbed for not getting nominated for that. And now he's got, uh, what is it? The massive weight of unbearable talent coming out and everybody's all in his nutsack again. So does Bruce see this and go, man, I'm fucking better than Nick Cage. And Does Bruce have an I- Oscar? I don't think... So that might be a motivation right there. Did he get a nod for Sixth Sense? I think he did. I think he's got a nod, of, I'm going to say, a few times. I mean, is he going to... I think it'll really come down to, though, like... Because I do think Willis just shows up for a paycheck, and I would imagine that his day rate is pretty big, you know? Like, just to get him to show up for a single day, like... So I don't even know if he's going to take a movie like Pig seriously, because like a two-month shoot might net him what he normally gets in three days or something. Yeah. So the he real might question like, is... No, like, why would I do that? Do we have enough money to pay him to come and do five-day rentals? No. This show will never have enough money to f- afford that. No. no. I think we should look we, into it, guys. We, Cron, uh, which is it? Is it in the black or in the red when you're losing money? It's in the red when so you're we, losing money. We are we are fucking burgundy. Um, we're super rich, guys. I just don't tell you. Oh, okay. Um, if you guys had Drew, Bruno, what movies would you have picked? Uh, Last Boy Scout, Dan. Yeah, I figured that was coming from Kron. A movie I didn't watch until like two years ago and thought it was awesome as hell. Fuck yeah. That was one my dad recorded like to a VHS. So we always had it like yeah. around. That fucking Billy Blanks opening, man. Um, I would go, I think I would have gone with Last Man Standing. So, but Walter Hill is coming. Yeah. Okay. Again, I think that 
you're in that interesting part when you're the third category or you know the third pick you know i i want to be i want to balance it and i think last man standing from my perspective like you got future dystopian running man wilderness cliffhanger last man standing i feel like balances it with it being a um i don't want to say a timepiece but and Western, I guess. Yeah. Say. But I think hostage kind of balances it out too. Mm-hmm. Especially in terms of seriousness. Because that cliffhanger yes. opening is fucking dour. This movie is fucking hilarious. I don't know what you guys are talking about. There. All right. What? So, we'll get to it. Never mind. Save it for the pod, Kron, because uh, we're about to crack into Hostage from 2005. Uh, you guys ready? Any final thoughts? Any other any other Bruce Willis knowledge we want to drop on these people? Nah, Doc. Uh, All right. Pe- people call him Bruno sometimes. <laughs> yes. All you younger folks, look that up on Spotify. You'll be quite surprised. And then look up Steven Seagal's album. Wait, seriously? Yeah. And then the Macho Man Randy Savage is old. Oh, that's the best of the three. That not even kidding. And then Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band album, which just made your whole playlist for the weekend. So there okay. you go. And then uh, what's the one from Rad? Thunder in your heart. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's. Yeah, just John Farnham Radio on Spotify. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Hostage from 2005, directed by Florence Emile's Siri. Uh, We open up here with a nice little neo-noir opening credits. We're going, it's kind of, is it animated, I guess? Yeah, it looks like Sin City. It looks like you're (laughs) entering that world. It is funny that that's the same exact year. Yeah. So uh, these credits are kind of pulling us through what we are about to be pulled into. It's kind of setting up the situation that is happening. Um, Our camera pulls up to a distressed man yelling that he wants to talk to that motherfucker right now. Uh, We go over some pan over some buildings. Pretty much showing all the action of the situation that's going on. We have a hostage situation. Who would have thought? Uh, We swing over to our main character here, Mr. Bruce Willis, who is playing Mr. Jeff Talley. He is a hostage negotiator. He's talking to this distressed man and uh, trying to not have him shoot his wife and his kid. Uh, This distressed man wants to kill both of them because or, his wife is a whore or himself dan i mean i think you yeah i guess so you know too. if you're a hostage negotiator you probably don't want to lose anyone involved that is true cron good point and he's yeah he's, or our distressed man who has armed himself and wants to kill his own family yeah but but also dan that guy is three out of three on the list of important people to save here <laughs> He's the last one, right? Yeah, Am I right? yeah. Okay. I mean, you All don't right. you don't want to lose any of them, but if you mm-hmm. got to rank them, 
that guy is last. You would be saving the city of Los Angeles quite a bit of money <laughs> if he did kill himself. But I mean, we are going to try to do everything we can. To I stop mean, what per- percent would you guys put our our distressed guy here at? Like five, maybe like a three point two percent of what? What of, s- of survival rate? Oh. I don't know. I guess it depends on how worked up he's getting on. <laughs> yeah. You might start him out at like 30%. And how amped up are these snipers? Oh, they're you ready know? to fucking poor, kill, bro. Poor, poor hostage situation snipers, man. I don't know. Should we be worried about snipers? Uh, wasn't there that one guy 20 years ago rolling around with his kid? Oh, yeah, that's right. And DC. Yeah. I mean, we need to stop promoting killers on this show. <laughs> but every movie where there's like a hostage situation, there's six snipers up on a roof. And we, they get in position and they just have to sit there. These poor... Wasn't that what fucking uh, uh, Jarhead was basically? Like, you know, the the itch of like getting there, prepped to kill, and then never allowed to kill? Like what that would fucking do to you? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that uh, the Barry one? The HBO show was funny. Like, I don't know if you ever watched that one. Oh, I love Barry. And he's like super good at it. They're yeah. like, holy shit. <laughs> All right. So we got <clears throat> we got Jeff Tolley here. He, he starts off with a fantastic fucking beard. And he's got long hair, which is a wig. Sorry, guys. The beard's real. The hair's not. Now, this part didn't make a ton of sense because it's like, I mean, we'll get to it, but after the incident ends with this hostage thing, when we, like, flash forward, he's clean-shaven and ready to go. Normally, wouldn't it be like, hey, something went wrong, and now I've turned into a guy with, like, stringy hair and a beard? I think you go either way. I mean, he turns back into regular Bruce. Yeah, but I'm just, like, shouldn't they show him as regular Bruce, and then he's kind of like, you know... So you you wanted the hair and the beard for the rest of the movie? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so did I. I wanted him wearing that wig for... (laughs) Okay, but also the chief of police? (laughs) (laughs) Sheriff. I mean, that's... Does he not have a boss now saying, like, hey, fucking cut your hair, dude? Can't show up to work think, like that. I don't know. I I think maybe being like part of SWAT, part of like hostage negotiation. Who knows? Maybe you know. It's kind of like how SEALs and special forces guys are allowed to have, like have longer hair and have beards because if they need to not stand out as military, who knows? Hey, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> not me. I agree with you, Cron. I would have rather seen Harry Willis, but. Yeah. It, was, it was definitely in the script that way, and then he was like, "I'm not wearing that fucking wig for no." I think three I think the psychology. I think that you're supposed to see the switch of like him. He's 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 taken all that off of him. He's taken that long hair and the beard off, like brand new guy. Drastic hair changes are uh, signs of depression. So. Maybe after this, when he got this job, he was like trying to. He's literally like moving out of L.A. All this shit, 
it works. But you're absolutely right. If it were that way, he would be like, nah, I'll grow the beard out for a day. We'll shoot that. You put a wig on. You think Willis has a guy? You think he's got like a barber? The guy that does his. Yeah, he, he seems he the type that like. Shit. You think he shaves his own shit? I, I think he shaves his own I shit. I feel like he's got a guy. There yeah. was at least something in um, The Devil's Candy, that book about um, Bonfire of the Vanities. Right. Where he like, it's either his, like he has a very specific stand-in that he uses for everything, but then I think he also like insisted on his own like makeup person that knew how to like cover his bald spot the best or something. Okay. Back when he was trying to hide it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was still when he was trying to, you know, he had not embraced the shaved head look yet. It's a good beard, though. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beard, beard's not bad. All right. Jeff Tolley, he's negotiating here. He doesn't really seem to be too worried about the situation at hand. Uh, he's smooth talking. He's talking calmly and collectively to our distressed man. I'm sure that's his job, though. Uh, Jeff gets a sign that the snipers have a shot. Jeff tells uh, the man that... Um, where the fuck am I on my notes here? Uh, Jeff tells our distressed man that he has a gun, so he can do anything he wants, and he's not going to push him. Uh, Jeff is told they got the shot. He writes a note back that says, Nobody dies today. Uh, our distressed man, he hangs up. Uh, Jeff does ask if he could come down to the house before the man hangs up. He never answers him. Uh, Jeff takes a smoke break here. The snipers, uh, they got a shot. They come up and give our odds of survival for the other two victims. Or not the victims, I guess the other two, what would we call them? People involved. <laughs> Are they victims, this, I guess? The hostages? Yeah, they, they'd be. Yeah. They're Host- the hostages. Hostage yeah. works. So. <laughs> the name we, of this movie. We got a 20% chance for the mom. And I guess like at, at 90% chance that the kid stays in his room or something. Uh, they get Arguments get heated here between um, Jeff and the snipers and everybody that's working the situation. Apparently, they've been up there for 16 hours which is a uncomfortable situation. Why do you got a why do you got a house up on top of a fucking roof? Like he's talking to him on the phone. Could Jeff Tally be in a fucking bedroom or somewhere in the building? That's what they, what are they about. even on? They're like on a overpass that is next to the I house. Think it's a building. It seems like a warehouse, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, at least an inside man, they have like a big ass RV that they're working out of. Yeah, like, they're air conditioning yeah. and shit. I guess in a hostage situation, you've got to, you just got to work with whatever. I mean, the, I'm here. I'm the, staying here. The city planner <laughs> gave you, I guess. He's like a method actor. He wants to try to be in the same situation as the hostage taker. Mm-hmm. Oh, the negotiators you know. are like, I ain't never stood on a fucking building. (laughs) But he could be like, yeah, man, I'm hot too. You know? Yeah. I'm just like you, man. I'm out here. Come on, dude. We're all burning up. You can 
You can look I over got, and see us right now. I got a fucking cell phone. I just talk in my car. And then when we got to go somewhere, my partner throws our food out the window. I think you would want the negotiator being like the most comfortable, though, because without that, it mm-hmm. could just be like, I've been here for four hours. I'm sweating my ass off. Take the shot. I don't give a shit. Let's go let's, home. Yeah, let's get out of here. Oh, if he's not on the phone, he's getting, uh, he's got an IV going. He's getting massaged. Like, here's a B12 shot. You know, mm-hmm. like you're, whatever they give Trump before he goes out and gives a speech or a debate, <laughs> that's what we're fucking loading our negotiators up on, you know? Mm-hmm. Bleach. Bleach? All right. Uh, Powerful. But you want to try lights. to figure out how to get the bright light inside the skin. Mm-hmm. You bright light the bleach and then you inject it. <clears throat> Don't do that at home, folks. Uh, we get word that the boy has woke up. Um, you know what? The president told him to do that shit, and he didn't get in trouble. So fuck it. Yeah, who gives? Drink bleach. Who gives a shit? Shit where you eat and drink bleach. Yeah. We don't give a fuck. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will get us traffic. <laughs> Dumbass podcast says drink bleach. <laughs> and shit where you eat. <laughs> the president got away with it, dude. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I? Hey, we've circle around going uh, alt right anyway, so. I think some take us serious, and then they're like, are they joking? Maybe they're, maybe they're joking. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we got a, a food Somebody order here. Somebody writes out 5DR made me do it, and they're fucking vomit. As they're <laughs> aspirating to death. <laughs> I'll be, never know what that is. We'd be infamous, dude. <laughs> uh, we, we got the boy. He wakes up. Uh Jeff tells uh, our distressed man has called back. He's got him on the phone. He says, well, we'll get some food for uh, the mom and the boy. To tell us what he wants. Uh, as the kid leaves, his percentage goes down of survival. Uh, he tells uh, our distressed guy to put the kid on the phone. Of course, we do the pull the heartstrings here. The kid asks, are you going to save us? He says, yeah, sure. Uh, we got distressed guy. Uh, he smacks the kid with the phone. Uh, then he makes his decision. He knows that if he kills the kid, the kid will go to heaven. So he's made his choice. Uh, Jeff gets pretty frantic here. This is where he decides he's going to rush down to the house because he the distressed guy has hung up the phone. We get uh, some slow-mo shots. We also get a prayer that goes in, starts as Jeff runs down uh to the front door. He starts yelling at uh, Joe, who's our distressed guy. Uh, Joe is a, must have been a pitcher in college because he throws his goddamn phone through the window and it goes all the way to the street. I could do that. Uh, we'll I, set it up. I could do it. Yeah, let's try it. Yeah, you could check a phone through a window, mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. Pretty confident. Um, Jeff's like, I know this prayer. I'll say it with you. Just uh, just let me in and we can talk. Shoot me, please. Uh, we hear some gunshots in the house. Jeff breaks through the front door, not giving a fuck if the guy has a gun or not. Uh, we got a murder-suicide, guys. Everybody in the house is gone. Uh, Jeff finds the boy. Uh, we got EMTs rushing in. Jeffrey cries. Uh, he's got the blood 
of this boy on his hands. Um, we fade to white, and uh, we cut to... The EMTs look at him like, you fucking blew it, dude. <laughs> and they just leave. I think they would at least still... Take the body. Scoop some people up. Yeah, I mean... We knew. We know. <laughs> Maybe he needed some time. So they were like, well, we'll just come back in like yeah. five. We'll go smoke a cigarette. Uh, we cut We cut to uh, white here. We fade to white, and we cut to Jeff. He's washing up. Uh, we got a one year later, right? He's returned to a regular Bruce Willis, as everybody knows him. He's bald and no facial hair. Um... From the bathroom, he hears his wife and his kid in an argument. Real Apparently kid. The, yeah, this is his daughter. She actually had to audition and got the part. There wasn't any foul play there, I'm sure. Wink, sure. wink. <laughs> so you're the only one auditioning for this role. Mm-hmm. Still got to do it the right way, kid. Here's your line. You got it. Don't worry. The line is, thank you for the part, Dad. You're taking half of my pay. She, it, there's, I don't know if it's possible to look more like Demi Moore and Bruce Willis. It's uncomfortable. Is that the product of those two? Yeah. Okay. I thought that for a second, and I was like, I don't know, maybe... I was like, I'd have to go back and look that up. She'd have to be. That makes sense. Because I don't think Ashton and her had any kids, right? I don't think he was just. I think he was just a fuck boy. I think they all fucked each other, honestly. All right. (laughs) That's steamy, right? That'd get us some traffic. That's fucking hot as hell, dude. Did he? Did Ashton wear his trucker hat while it all went? I went down. I hope so. But I bet Mila Mila came in and put a stop to that shit. Uh, pray for Ukraine. Um, the kid hates this new town. Uh, she tells her parents, "Why don't they just get a divorce?" That's fucked up. We've already seen some fucked up shit in this movie, and that's pretty fucked up. Um, I bet a kid today yelled that at their parents, Dan. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> that's just pretty common. This, this sounds like it happens all the time, dude. Yeah. There's kids I, that are yelling it at parents that aren't even fighting. They just, the kid wants two Christmases. Yeah. Jacob has two Christmases. I want two Christmases. These kids nowadays, Dan, they got fucking fentanyl syringes hanging out of their arms, dude. I mean, shit's different. Cron, those are adults our age. (laughs) The people we graduated with. (laughs) These kids are chewing through Tide Pods, playing Minecraft, getting two Christmases. Yeah, dude. Rolling around on their hoverboards. You seen Euphoria? Streaming stuff. Fucking and sucking, dude. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that your Euphoria, basically, right? (laughs) Yes, that's that's it. That's my understanding what it is. I watched the first episode when it came out, and I was like, I don't. I was like, I'm too old for this, I guess. (laughs) All right. The wife explains here to the daughter why Jeff took this other job. Um, he comes in, he's kind of like, what's wrong? She kind of goes through some stuff. Jeff leaves. He's got to go to work. 
Uh, we cut to Jeff. He goes outside and talks to the kid named, she's named Amanda. Uh, just some pretty typical father, daughter, older daughter bullshit. She's pissed off. So she walks off. Uh, we cut the three punks. They're driving up in a pickup. Tater tot oh, casserole, he says. Yeah, yeah. The he only... says, I don't know what you dislike more, me or my tater tot casserole. We should have had Chad on for this episode. That's... He hates tater tot casserole. <laughs> he hates it? That's a very specific thing to know about a person. You yeah. guys are pretty close. Chad. Is it because you made him soon. one and he was like. <laughs> no. I did he not. knock it out of your hand? His, his, his ex-wife. I can't tell this story. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, if we have him on the show, we'll have him I'll on make and a he'll note. Tell it. I'll make a note. Ask Chad about tater tot casserole. Okay. And his ex-wife. <laughs> I don't. He'll know. tell the story. He tells it way better than I do. I feel like he can't just. Well, I mean, I don't know. People get picky about food, but it's a very specific food to have a hate for. All right, Do you down. guys enjoy tater tot casserole? It's not like... I, I don't probably, think I've ever had it. I've probably not had it since I was a little kid, but at the same time, I guess if somebody made it, I wouldn't be like, fuck you. <laughs> Get this <laughs> trash out of I'm, my face. I'm hard-pressed to remember ever having it. I don't know if I could tell you what it is. Is it, is yeah, it like a layered like, thing? Yeah, is it's it, like tater tots and... Green beans and there's some kind cream of like mushroom. A, yeah, like cream of mushroom on top. Cheese, maybe. Okay. Do you have it Thanksgiving where it's just like the green beans with the French onions cream, on top? Yeah, yeah. So like green bean it, casserole. It's basically that with tater tots on the bottom of it. I think there's meat in there too, like ground beef or some shit. This kid-friendly ground beef skillet casserole goes from stovetop to oven and straight to the table in 35 minutes. All right, so yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Almost like a shepherd's pie or something with uh, yeah tater tots on the top. This yeah. it, this might be the most American fucking thing I've ever seen. It's got shredded cheddar cheese and ketchup swirled on the top of it. This is. Wow. So we need enough money for Bruce Willis to come on our podcast and then cook us a Fuck, tater tot dude. casserole. If, if we had a live stream, god damn, the amazing. money we could raise for charity, Bruce Willis making us a tater tot casserole. That was Listen, probably like a- listeners, I want to see your pictures of tater tot casserole. Tag your Instagram posts. What is that thing where we ask for money? Like, go fund me? Can we do that? Yeah. You'll be disappointed in the results. Mm-hmm. We always are. We can't, dude, we can't give things away. <laughs> we really will move into like negative dollars somehow. <laughs> this is a hobby. We'll be on the hook for money that we owe to GoFundMe. <laughs> All right, dudes, we got three punks. They're driving in a pickup truck. Uh, their CD starts to skip. They throw it out the window. Uh, we got a cop that pulls up behind them. It's Jeff Tolley. Uh, Should have just follow. arrested him right there, dude. End of movie. Yep. Uh, he follows. Uh, we trade off shots here of another car coming the other way. And uh, we got Mr. Kevin Pollock driving his kids around. Uh, they're ordering Mr. Kim's that night. 
It's a great family restaurant. Uh, we cut back to the three punks. Yeah, They're outside the same I'm restaurant. Probably ordering up a tater tot casserole from Mr. Kibbs. Might be a specialty. The uh, I liked that scene. It's a nice little trade. I will say that I feel I I think uh, Kevin Pollock is, an, is a good dad in this movie. I know he's a criminal, obviously, yeah. but like I feel like the interactions that he has with his children. Like I appreciate, and then later on, like in the situation, I think he does the best that he could do. All things considered, so seems like he kind of brings a shitstorm down upon his family. So it wasn't what? because of his. Well, yeah. All right. Criminal activity aside, we'll get there. Crumb. Criminal activity aside, his interactions with his children, I think, are sweet. All right, we cut to Mr. Kim's restaurant. These three punks have pulled up outside of it. Uh, Kevin Pollock's car, he has pulled up as well. His do the do, in. dude, and supersize it. That's what one of You go get the food. If I you didn't know that these store. guys were extreme already. Uh, the daughter goes in to grab the food. Uh, cut back to their three punks here. They're talking in the car. Uh, the youngest one says, oh, I know that girl. The other asks where she lives. Uh, he doesn't really say. I think he says, I don't know where she lives. Or yeah, he says, like I've that. just seen her around. Do you think they brought in people from Mountain Dew? And they were like, can the three bad guys drink Mountain Dew? <laughs> we want them to. Yeah, they're like the anti-iPhone. Like yeah, how we got, Apple we gotta... won't let the bad guy use an iPhone. Mm-hmm. But Mountain Dew's like, fuck it, dude. Yeah. We're, we're going edgy. Do. We're going mm-hmm. edgy. Even bad guys love to do. Mm-hmm. Later on the in the movie, the kid gets a Mountain Dew out of the refrigerator. And I was like, I cannot fathom being eight years old and being allowed to get a Mountain Dew out of the They're fridge. Rich. I know. But I would. Okay, first off, Mountain Dews are in the garage refrigerator. Right? <laughs> Damn, you're rich. With the beers? No, with all of the the stockpiled food, you know. Your mom didn't go to the grocery store only three months or like every three months and just, you know, spend $400 or I don't know. In my mind, it was like $400 and that lasted us for three months. And that 12-pack of Mountain Dew had to last me like one a weekend. Uh, sorry, Brewster's millions, but we didn't have a fucking garage <laughs> fridge that I could go get. That I could go check the overflow. I'm food. pretty sure the garage fridge. I think our friend Steve now has that fridge. I think it's a uh, uh, houses uh, a keg. Beers. Yeah, I think when we moved in, it was in the house, and we had one already. So we weren't that bougie. Sure. I thought everybody had a garage fridge. I'm sorry. So your pops were inside the house? Yeah, in the one fridge that we had. Our Sam's Choice Cola, our RC Cola was in the the one fridge in the house. What was the Mountain Dew rip? Oh, I know Walmart's just like... Lightning? Isn't it something lightning? Something, something lightning. Is it Mountain Lightning? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, I don't think I've ever even 
Maybe I have. I don't know. This might be America's most Midwest podcast. <laughs> All right. One of the, the punks here, he mouths a, a blowjob uh, signal to this chick. She flips him off and mouths fuck you, which ladies you should always do. And they drive off. Uh, we cut to Jeff. He's getting into work. He works for the Briscoe Camino Police Station in Ventura County, California. We are sure to know that. Uh, we cut to Jeff. He's getting briefed uh, by the late by his secretary, or I mean, she's wearing a uniform. I don't know if she's a, a cop. Administrative assistant. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's doing her part. Uh, he's the chief now. Uh, here, he's a sheriff. He's a uh, he does some pretty tropey chief stuff here. He said, everybody, let's have a, a low crime Monday. So some lame ass boss stuff. But yeah. is it a Monday or is it a Friday? I don't know because it, they go into like, I thought it was Sunday at first. I'm like, but then he's like, let's have a low crime Monday. And then right. what's after that? Low crime Tuesday. But he, he first asked the guy like, what is it? Casual Friday or something. Yeah, because he makes fun of the guy's shoes yeah. that he's wearing. But the kids, the daughter wants to go out, so I wouldn't. It doesn't seem like it would be a school night. Plus, the kid gets a Mountain Dew. I would have never been able to get a Mountain Dew on a school night. <laughs> it's a real time anomaly. <laughs> this film. Yeah, if it, She's it's really almost like Bruce Willis Tommy just here. didn't give a shit. It's somehow every day of the week in, in, in Ventura County. Yeah. All right, we cut to the three punks. We got some nice overhead shots here, the beautiful California hills. Uh, we pan oh, over to an... Oh, is that correct? Is this when you, like, when they first come over that hill onto their house? Yeah. Man, the music on that scene, it sounds like they are showing you Wayne Manor for the first mm-hmm. time. I mean, it is the craziest, like, like just fucking... Uh, I don't know, man. It was weird. I wasn't too impressed with the house. I was like, it looks like a regular house to me. Oh, man. Yeah, but the music they give it is crazy. Oh, yeah. It it is a full fucking orchestra just (laughs) blasting. Yeah. Yeah, it pans over to the mansion, and like Ron says, we have some good musical keys there. Uh, We got Pollock. He opens the gate. Uh, His name's Mr. Smith in this movie. They drive in. Uh, we cut to his office where he's encrypting some files. This was a very 2005, 2006 thing that's going on here. Is that what you just lo- I thought he was just burning DVDs. That's how he got all that stuff. Oh, he's that's got his a criminal empire? Fair collection. Yeah, he had a little empire. Of- he's, just, he's just riding the pirate, pirate bay? Yeah, what are you guys looking for? I can get any movie you need. Uh, we got young Tommy here. He interrupts. Uh, his dad pretty much says, you're fucking being rude because I'm working here. Doing the whole dad thing. Uh, he burns a CD and he's talking to these, to whoever he's talking to. Uh, he reveals that the title of the DVD is Heaven Can Wait. Uh, and they talk about a drop off. Uh, we cut to the three punks in the truck. They want to steal uh, Mr. Smith's I think it's an Escalade. Yeah. But it's a nice SUV. Uh, one punk here, his uh, 
His name is Mars. Um, well, now, well, Kevin tells Dennis, who is Kevin and Dennis are brothers, and then they have Mars. So uh, Kevin tells Dennis that this is too far. He shouldn't be stealing a car. Uh, they open up the glove compartment there and reveal a gun. And Dennis tells Kevin to stay in the truck until they get out of the house. Uh, we cut to Pollock here. He's telling his daughter that she can't wear these clothes. Uh, apparently she wants to go out to a, a fucking a concert, I guess. It's she's, He wants to go to the plaza. She says more than likely to just be a movie, but I don't know. Mm. This, no. I mean, this is towards the end of people going to malls, I guess. Um, he's pretty much like, you're not going to be wearing that shit. Nope. <laughs> uh, we got Mr. Smith. He goes to the safe. Uh, we got the, uh, we got the camera here. It pans up to his security, like, uh, television with all his cameras on it. And it shows the punks. They have entered the garage. Uh, we cut back to the daughter. She's trying, I guess she's taking some money from the safe, and then he, uh, Mr. Smith catches her. Well, wouldn't she know? He catches her by looking at her through like a two way mirror. Mm-hmm. Like he can yes. see her on the other side. Now, if you lived in that house, wouldn't you know that? I don't know. She, she he thought made... he was in the other room, probably. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if that was your house, wouldn't you know, like, where all the two-way mirrors and shit were. I mean, I'm sure she had a know was there, yeah. You're probably right. I mean, she, she doesn't really hide it when he comes around the corner and busts her. She's, yeah, if he anything, she insults cash. him. She's like, what the fuck is this? And I think he gives her money. Yeah. too. She says, how about this? You give me $40 and I'll go change. And he says, that doesn't remind me of your mother, but you go change and then maybe we'll discuss the $40. Right. And that prompts him to go open the safe. Okay. Also, uh, she doesn't. Who, If you're that rich, you don't keep $40 accessible. <laughs> like it's in, it's all in a safe. He gave, That's how the rich Mr. stay Kim. rich, Crime. Yeah, it's true. No, but you would he, have. <laughs> you don't spend your money. I'm not spending my money. I've got. I could get you a hundred dollars quickly in my house. Really? Or right now, go get a hundred dollars. Well, it's in my wallet. It's downstairs. Okay. At, when we come back from break. Yeah, I could show you a hundred dollar bill. Sure. I left a hundred dollars at my parents the other day. My wife's like, "Have your dad drop it off?" I'm like, "It's a hundred bucks. I'll get it when I show up there next time." Well, who's a fucking baller now? hundred bucks isn't going to make or break you guys. If it is, we got some serious issues. Well, I'd rather have it than not have it all yeah, the same. I'd, I'd drive 20 minutes for a hundred bucks. Just, just take 200 out of his wallet the next time you see him. There you go. Solved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So that, this daughter doesn't listen worth the shit. That's the big old timer. You, you're a criminal. Um... She doesn't change any of her clothes. She starts to leave, and we got one of the punks that grabs her. Uh, we cut to little Tommy. He's getting uh, a nice cold Mountain Dew from the 
from the refrigerator there. He which, went downstairs to get himself a cold pop. Which really affected Bones. We know this now. Uh, he sees the other punk and screams. Walter hears this. Uh, Tommy also hits the silent alarm as well. Everybody uh, loves Mountain Dew, good and bad, but we we want the bad guys to drink it especially. <laughs> Do you think he cracked open the Mountain Dew after he hit the silent arm? Like, yeah, I need this right now. Mm-hmm. Probably. I hope so. Take Otherwise, the edge it's off. just going to get all hot. Um, we cut they back. Should have had one of the bad guys take it from him. Oh, <laughs> give me that fucking Mountain Dew. <laughs> Little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that's a drink, that, that's a been, drink for dude, hard that'd guys. That have been too hardcore this early in the movie, man. That really set us up to like, yeah. oh shit, you gotta, these guys you are gotta fucking around. build up how evil these guys are, though. You go get yourself an iced tea. That's a man's drink. Drink water, bitch. Um... We got Mr. Smith. He comes to check on Tommy. He runs into the punks. They're pointing a gun at the daughter's head. Uh, Mr. Smith asks what they want. Um, I have a note here that says dead wife. Not sure. Well, they they come in and they go, who else is in the house? And he's like, nobody. Oh, that's right. And he's, they're like, no mommy, no fucking mommy. And he's like, my wife's dead. And th- again, I'm going to reiterate, I think... He does everything right here. He's like trying to, he doesn't like raise his voice. Like he's trying to be calm. He gives him ample, like, you know, ways to get out of this and shit. So. I mean, uh, are they really just there for the Escalade? Cause they, they're they there it, for it the escalated. Escalade and then it escalates. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. Good. Clap, Ron. Show myself out. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, go, go get yourself a Mountain Dew. That was a great joke. <laughs> you deserve it. Uh, they hear the uh, the door close and the, the chaos of all this happening. Uh, Mars goes and checks on it, and he runs into Kevin, our third punk. So they're all in the house now. Dennis freaks out. His brother's there, uh, demands the car keys. We cut to the police station. The old lady that was... Uh, Given Jeff the rundown, she uh, says there's a, been a silent alarm that's went off at the residence. Dan, I hope you uh, didn't uh, injure your finger when you were writing all of this because uh, you can just assume from here on here on out, Dennis is freaked out. Dennis is always at a fucking nine through this movie. Uh, Dennis this- just, um, just says, I'm the man <laughs> in charge and... Just kind of walks around wigging out. And sweats for an hour and 40 minutes. And like puts his hands on his head like, (laughs) I'm the man. They shot him. uh, They shot him. He actually plays Camper in uh, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Whoa. Camper? Uh. Not camper. He plays the like stoner guy with the little mustache. He plays. They, he plays a camper, like a. No, there's like a character a, named Camper, like in, a recreational vehicle. Wait, what? In Texas Chainsaw Massacre? 
that what you just said? Not not the new 2021, the 2003 version. Oh, okay. Okay. Not the new one we just discussed. I By don't... the way, that episode is out now, mm-hmm. folks. Yeah, he's the main guy in it. He's the guy who uh, thinks he's got the the deed to the town. No, Kron, that's a totally different movie, man. All right, Jeff takes off to help out. Yeah, he calls in backup. Uh, we come back to the house. Mr. Smith, he's talking with the punks. We got a cop. She rings the doorbell at the front door, at the, at the front gate. Uh, we got a video doorbell, guys. Whew, that's high-tech shit. Fuck yeah. In punks, 05? Uh, that would be yeah. good. That'd be pretty high-tech. <laughs> that is high-tech for 05. Uh, we got Dennis here. He starts to freak out, of course. Um, Mr. Smith explains that he can just tell the officer from the video from right there that everything's fine and they can, can, they can work this out. Uh, Walter or Mr. Smith explains that, uh, everything's all right. Um, he also says that there's somebody working on his air conditioning cause she noticed the truck there. Um, Mars sneaks out to the gate. Officer gets an update then that the truck is, I don't think it was stolen, but, or was it stolen? Or it's been yeah, reported th- in some carjackings? I think it's been reported stolen, the truck that they're in. Okay. Uh, so naturally, Mars steps up here and then shoots the officer. That's not the smartest thing to do. <coughs> Uh, we got backup. They arrive on the scene. Uh, Mars takes the high ground here. And, he, guys, he's a motherfucking sharpshooter with this goddamn pistol. Yeah. He just goes to town. He's got infinite ammunition Ammo. as well. Mm-hmm. And he's he's popping off at these, uh, these backup cops. Uh, note here again, Dennis freaks out. Uh, Mr. Smith tries to uh, give advice to Dennis. Dennis smashes him upside the head with the pistol a few times. Uh, he falls to the ground. Uh, we cut back to the officer shot. She's kind of crawling her way down the, the driveway there, which is pretty impressive. Uh, we got Jeff. He shows up in his Durango number five. Uh, he speeds in there. Uh, Marsh takes some shots at him. He spins out. Mars uh, takes some more shots, like Bones said, infinite ammo. Uh, I like uh, I like the move he made here. He throws the bulletproof vest over the open window where the window got shot out. I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. Uh, he he then decides he's gonna back in to save his injured officer. What a what a fucking guy right there. What a good sheriff. Uh, Mar he does announce that he's going to save his officer mr jeff totally does to mars and not to shoot him he's not going to come into the house of course mars keeps shooting i know you're all amped up on mountain dew in there but please don't shoot we're not doing the dew out here i saw about six empties on my way in so i know you guys are jacked right now i don't know what i'm coming into just try to be calm just got on shift. Uh, I had a cup of coffee. Okay, guys. Try to meet me halfway. I really wasn't trying to have a piece of pie later tonight at the diner, but I'm going to have to now. Um, 
Dennis wants to know what's happening. He runs out there, and Mars tells tells Dennis that the the cop knew that they were been jacking cars off. Um, Jeff is able to uh, get the injured officer into the car, and he takes her away uh, from all the Mars shenanigans that's going on. The shootings, like I said, kid's a good shot with those pistols. Um, we officer's dead though, guys. He kills this bummer. Lady. Uh, we get another fade to white. Nighttime has upon us. Uh, we got the dead officer. She's being loaded up into the ambulance. Jeff takes some information about the negotiator that's coming to the scene and gets some information about Dennis as well. Uh, and he looks at the house from afar. Uh, we cut to uh, the daughter. Telling the punks here. Her name's Jennifer. She's pretty much telling them to fuck off. Uh, they want to tie her and uh, little Tommy up. We got the phone. It rings. Jeff calls. Naturally falls into his old uh, hostage negotiation skills. Explains himself uh, to Dennis. He asks if Dennis is in charge. Dennis says yes. Jeff wants to, to talk to Mr. Smith. Dennis says, fuck you. I'm running this shit. Uh, then he demands a helicopter to fly him out of here. Didn't really think this through what too much. What a fucking JV move. Does that ever work? Has it ever worked ever? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I mean, there's probably a movie out there where it works. I don't think I mean, it's ever worked in a movie in reality. I, I would. I would never I would, ask for a helicopter. Yeah, I would give it once. If you said, like, oh, in 1941, this little studio movie, blah, 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 and it worked. Okay, cool. But um, since then, a thousand movies, it's never worked. I thought you were asking if uh, Mr. Smith had the movie once in his collection there. Probably. <laughs> was it out yet? I don't know. Oh, that was like, what is it, so five? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. He could probably get it even if it wasn't out. That's how he got yeah. all that shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was pirate baying up, man. Mm-hmm. He was the, the pirate bay. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jeff explains that he's not the guy to be making demands. To uh, says he believes uh, he didn't kill the officer. Uh, we cut to Dennis. He's freaking out again. That's my note. <laughs> Looking for an exit. Um, Okay, so yeah, he believes that Dennis didn't kill the kill the officer, and they hang up the phone. And like I said, we cut back to them, Dennis freaking out in the house. Uh, they're all looking for exits. Kevin tells Dennis that Mars just started shooting at the officer, and Mars explains that uh, there's no way out of this house. Uh, this is where they start rummaging through Mr. Smith's shit. They're checking out the security system. Uh, Mars pushes the all secure button on the system and it brings down the steel gates and locks pretty much locks down the entire house here. Um, we get a nice little funny, funny joke here with uh, Bruce Willis saying fucking or no Mars says fucking rich people. And I think, does it cut to Bruce saying it? Or does he say it yeah. later? No, no, he says it, it too. It cuts like Same right time. to him on the outside. Cause he watches all the little, you know, bars and shit go down. down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fucking rich people. 
Uh, we cut to Dennis. He finds a shit ton of money in the, uh, the little closet there from in Mr. Smith's room. He shows the other two. Uh, we got tons of cops. They're starting to show up for the hostage situation. Uh, we got a dark figure. He, like dumps it all on the fucking bed. Well, yeah, you wouldn't do that. No. Then you got to put it all you, back in. Yeah, you just got to bag it up again. Yeah. No, you dump it on the bed and then you fuck your lady. But I guess there was three other dudes there. So, and one was his brother. That would have been weird. All right, last one's got to eat the dollar bill. <laughs> But you're my stepbrother. <laughs> Mars is like, I'm going to need that Mountain Dew, Tommy. <laughs> I was upstairs cutting myself. All right, we got a dark figure in a car. He makes a phone call here uh, saying that he can't get a hold of an accountant to the other guy that he's talking to. Then we switch over to an older man, it looks like. We don't ever see these gentlemen. He says they have 18 hours. Uh, they're going to need the accountant alive if if something happens. And they need that DVD. They need this DVD pretty much. You could cut all of this. Yeah, you don't really need these guys. I think this would be more effective if you don't know all of this and then all of a sudden, bam, Bruce Willis is taken later on. I think you have the phone call with the accountant. I don't think you need all this. Because this other guy, too, it seems like a French guy doing American and they ADR it. So it doesn't match up like his silhouette speeches, but mm-hmm. there's an gotta, hour, there's an hour and 30 minute movie here. And that's you certainly established that they need that DVD though. <laughs> it's the DVD. It's not enough uh, later on to just say, Hey, by the way, we need that DVD. Like, Oh, okay, cool. Like they got to have I think- four or five times. I think the DVD confuses, honestly, because you already have the bags of money. Like, I don't know if they were just trying to add another spark there. Well, that's what the gang, the gang needs the DVD. They could give two shits about the money. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, choose one or the other. No, the, but the money drives the psycho kids. Well, they're there for the car and just happen to luck into this. But you could just have the money, and then you don't need the whole DVD thing. No. You'd be like, we need that fucking no, no, money. No, 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 no. No. This no, the whole movie. the The premise of this movie is: what if some, what if you robbed the wrong fucking house? Like that's what it becomes. So you got to have that buildup of they're there to get the car. They knock the guy out. They find the money. The money gives them reason to like really try to get out of this. Further. Do the whole hostage thing. Yes. The DVD is what forces Bruce to have to do what he does later. So you, I think you got to have them. Do you need the heaven can wait mix up? That I don't think you need. You need all Damn. of it. <laughs> I want the three hour director's cut, dude. Siri cut. <clears throat> all right. So these punks, they've tied the kid and the daughter up. Uh, Get this thing in black and white. <laughs> it's and, uh, it's so much Mountain Dew. It's 25 <laughs> minutes of just like hardcore Mountain Dew cross promotion. <laughs> I was going to say that it's going to be a Mountain Dew like 
green color. There's a instead of black and white. There's a 14 minute short film for Mountain Dew at the beginning. Oh, like uh, the fucking hotel flick for uh, uh, Darjeeling Limited. Yeah, I was saying like, uh, are you uh, at the command center? You know, there's like two lowly cops and a paramedic. Like, man, I wish you had some fucking Mountain Dews right now. And like the camera, no, nothing's gonna happen. The camera tonight. pans over and it's like Sean White, and he like snowboarded down the mountain. <laughs> Whoa, dudes, what's going on here? This is really harshing my mellow. You're supposed to be drinking Mountain Dew, not Mellow. Not Mellow. Yellow, yellow. What if I fucked it up? All right, these punks—they've uh, tied these kid, this kid and his daughter up, Jennifer and Tommy here. Uh, they're going to try to escape. Tommy suggested uh, they cut themselves free with the bong that's under his sister's bed. <laughs> Busted. And uh, so they roll off the bed and make a loud noise. So um, this gets the punk's attention. So they come up to the room, but not before they can break the bong and get a piece of the glass. Young Tommy does. Mm-hmm. Smart of him to hide it in his skin like that. Yeah. They didn't see that blood pouring out of his hand. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, so they get separated. Uh, they put the kid in a different room and they take the girl to a different room. But like I said, Tommy has a piece of the bong glass and he cuts himself free. Uh, he goes and checks out all the cameras from his. I think he's in his room, I think. And uh, we get Jeff, or check out, he checks out the camera and and the TV where there's a report of what's going on. And he gets Jeff Tully's name from the TV. And then he heads into his uh, secret room, guys. And uh, just like a younger Bruce Willis, a young Tommy hits the air vents. Wow. Die Hard style. Uh, he goes into it's full his... circle, man. There you go. Now Pass into the it. torch. Yeah, now Bruce is the guy on the outside. Mm-hmm. Wishing he was in those vents. If you are who I think you are, you know when to shut up. <laughs> if only I can get and this I, kid and know when to pray. Uh, he takes the vents into his sister's room. Uh, he gets her cell phone. Smart kid, this Tommy guy. Uh, we cut to Jeff and the negotiator. Um, they call Dennis. His name's Will with one I, uh, one L. Uh, they pass it. He passes it over. Jeff does. And uh, he starts to leave. He's done. He's like, fuck this. I've already dealt. I already got some kid blood on my hands. I don't want to do this again. Uh, gets in his car. He takes off. We cut to... Um, his wife and kid, he calls him from a diner. He checks in. Uh, she gets into another fight with the kid, apparently. They're still at his place. Uh, he says, it's not your fault. They seen what was happening on TV, blah, blah, blah. All right, we got yeah, Jeff. It's, He's. It's almost like for a brief minute that first hostage scenario tore his family apart, but the second one is building them back together. Build back better? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The daughter has got to know that that's why he left. 
L.A., right? It's not like she's four. This happened when she was like 13 or 14. There's had, There has to be some air of like, yeah, your father had like the worst day any cop could fucking have. Like, give the yeah. guy a break. Like, what's wrong with dad? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, bad day at work last night. Like, worst day ever. Yeah, you're ruining my life with your failure. Like, go color him a picture with, like, a heart on it that says, I love you. Yeah. I always, I like it more when you get, like, the wife who doesn't understand or, like, wants to understand but can't, and the kid's sort of on their side. Like that, that may, that always makes me like want the guy to like come through for the family. Where in this one, I'm like, I don't know. They're probably gonna get divorced anyway, and the kid's kind of a bitch. So don't stress yourself well, out, dude. You honestly don't do blow you even this job. See, do you even see him for a full five minutes? Not even. I don't think. No, I, I mean half their screen time him. they have bags over their heads. Yeah, and yeah. Their mouths are <laughs> taped up. All right, we got we cut to Jeff leaving the diner. He gets in his car, gun to his back, gentlemen. Oh shit! Drive says a dark figure in the back of the car. Uh, they drive to an alley. Uh, another a van backs in, which uh, just has its license plate showing right up the top. That's. Just bad uh, criminal work there. Jeff Tully's a fucking cop. They dumped this. Uh, Sorry, Dan. Cron, uh, you having not seen this, was this effective for you? Was this twist or this addition of this mob thing remotely interesting to you? Yeah, I thought it was cool. Just like a way to, uh, I don't know, make the story a little bit different than what you normally see. Like now you basically have two independent sets of bad guys. <laughs> like, affecting Bruce Willis at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting. They do a weird... we got a movie chocked full of bad guys here. They do kind of a weird thing in this scene in particular where, like, I thought they kept showing you this main bad guy's watch over and over, and I was like, oh, that's going to come back later, and Mm -hmm. it really doesn't. So, like, that's really not that important. I wonder if that's something that got cut up cut or yeah i thought maybe at the very end of the movie like you would see you know that guy in a different setting and bruce would would be like i've seen that watch before maybe one of the cops that's working there or something yeah Yeah. something you know just some reason why you are showing it to me four times in one scene yeah or like when the when the fbi the fake fbi guys show up later if he saw that watch and was like, shit, okay, you know, and like interrupted, mm-hmm. that would have been cool. Do you know about the watch thing from Die Hard that got cut? No. So, you know, in Die Hard, Hans goes to get the detonators and McLean finds him. And then there's that whole sequence of Hans pretending to be, you know, one of the hostages that got loose. You know, he's like doing a bad American accent and shit. And McLean, you think McLean thinks that he's who he's saying he is, but then, you know, it's revealed that McLean gave him an empty gun. And there's there's no real resolution as to how he figured out that it was Hans. Mm -hmm. 
Do you know what got cut was the watch? So originally they all, everybody synced their watches. So when all the bad guys show up in the garage and they come out of the truck, there's supposed to be a scene where they like all literally sync their watches together and they all have the same watch. Mm-hmm. And that's how Han, because like McLean knows that the five guys he's killed up to this point all have this watch. Well, the end of the movie where they pull the uh, the ambulance out of the truck, like uh, they realized, well, that ambulance was not there when we shot the watch scene. So they were like, we'd much rather you not see inside the truck. So the ambulance is a reveal and then just drop the whole watch thing. It's just the same watch that uh, his dad had up his ass. Yeah. Okay. Well, so are you saying that this watch scene in this movie is like a nod to mm-hmm. that? They're saying we're we're purposely just adding a bunch of watches to make up for it. Like McLean or Willis is like, hey, this might be my next Die Hard, all right? But we kind of fucked up by not having enough watches in that one. Mm-hmm. So anytime you can just cut to a watch. What lens are you using, by the way? Yeah. Still kind of bothers me that we didn't have that whole watch subplot in Mm -hmm. Die Hard, so let's put it in this movie. Oh, hand me my Mountain Dew, by the way. Stuff's great, isn't it? All right, we got these goons. The van backs up here. They get in to the vehicle with, uh, with Mr. Jeff Tully here. He's handcuffed to his steering wheel. Uh, the guy gives uh, some some very detailed instructions. I love this part. Uh, Might be my favorite part of the movie. He tells uh, Jeff here that there's going to be a, a guy that's going to pretty much grab him from behind. And it's for uh, the best. And to look in the rearview mirror, they open up the van doors to reveal Jeff's wife and kid tied up. Uh, Jeff freaks out. Uh, the guy pretty much says, uh, you can control what happens to them. You got to go back to Mr. Smith's house, take control, and you need to get this DVD that belongs to me. Uh, you got to reassume or reassume command and uh, figure it out. Can't go another yeah. night not watching Heaven Can Wait. <laughs> Give me that Can't DVD. Wait. Uh, this, I will take uh, you to Ms. Circuit City, all right? I will buy you a DVD. Just let my children go. I want the burn one. It, he included 10 minutes that's not in the theatrical cut somehow. It has a dirtier feel when you put a burn DVD in your player. You understand? It's sexual. Um, Sometimes it mis- doesn't work, and I have to hook up my computer to my TV and mm-hmm. see if it works in there. Uh, and sometimes it's just a guy with a cell phone recording. <laughs> That's how I watched uh, Last Samurai. Is it really? Yeah. I cannot watch I watched, a movie like in that. Danny's, <laughs> in Danny, former guest of the show, in his brother's room, we watched like a rip DVD of Last Samurai. I was like, this movie's fucking great. And then I went and rented like an actual copy of it. Uh, I think I went to the theater and watched that one. Yeah. Um, the, so the, the bad guy that does the whole like wrap around and grabs him and holds him down in the chair, 
you never see his face, but you see him later on in the the climax or whatever. To tie it back, he is Sven whatever. He's the giant fucking bodyguard guy from Running Man. Oh, right on. Yeah. Plays a Boom, lot of like big that. goons. We went from what, 87 to 05? Damn. Yep. All right. Our mysterious man here, he gives uh, Jeff a white cell phone and says, if it rings, you better answer it. Follow the all the instructions. If you don't, your wife and kid die. Uh, he also mentions something about the famous Jeff Tolley. So this guy's obviously done his research and knows a little bit of Jeff's backstory. Uh, we cut to Jeff. He goes back to his place. Uh, he finds his dead dog. He starts to pack some shit. Uh, we got Luis, the office lady. She calls in. Uh, she patches through Tommy, who's in the house, onto the phone. He got his information and needed to talk to Jeff. Smart kid, that Tommy. Uh, Tommy explains to Jeff uh, the situation going on in the house. He can see the punks on the camera. Uh, Jeff informs Shoemaker. She's our uh, lead cop here. They cut the part where, where Jeff tells Tommy to take his shoes off. Are you running around the vents? You're running around? All right, did you make sure you take your shoes off? He's like, yeah, I just watched uh, Masterminds. My dad ripped it finally. <laughs> oh, the one about the video game? Scream 2 video game? <laughs> and then Tommy's like, no, Jeff, it's a movie. It's a movie, It's not Jeff. a game. Oh, Scream 2. I've played Scream 2. I know that game. <laughs> anyway, that cut your feet daughter. up, all right? So Shoemaker is our uh, is our new commanding official after Jeff leaves. Um, he informs them that the punks are all watching the cops from the outside on all the cameras. Uh, we go into some very quick cuts here, gentlemen, of Jeff calling in uh, his friend who he made fun of his shoes. I think his name is is it Willie? I don't, I don't know. We'll get to that. I wrote it down later on. Um, we got Dennis bitching about the, the helicopter. We got Jeff. He tries to call Mr. Smith. They got his cell phone number. They keep calling it, but he's, of course, passed out, knocked out. Uh, we cut to Dennis. He answers Mr. Smith's phone. Well, the problem is Mr. It. Smith has one of those joke voicemail messages, you know? Hello. And then they start, Hello? hey, are you doing okay in there? What the fuck? Just kidding. I'm not. And right. they fall for it every time. Yeah. So. Hey, isn't there a part where, like, when he goes back to his apartment, Bruce Willis has his shirt off and he has, like, a dragon tattoo? That's coming up, Cron. Is that his real tattoo? That was a question I had as well. Or did they add that for the movie? I don't know. I thought he had tattoos. It's possible. It pales in comparison to that giant back tattoo Ben Affleck has now. He's got he this like covered up. I don't know. He's got this like giant phoenix or something. Fucking crazy. He's got the cover uh, of Dogma. <laughs> it's back. The only good movie I was in. <laughs> Uh, Dennis answers Mr. Smith's cell phone here. It's Jeff. Um, 
He tells him to watch the security channels. Dennis is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, we cut to the snipers. They shoot out all the camera. Uh, Jeff explains that he needs to get on the ground. Um, and he just pretty much saved his life, or Dennis's life. Uh, Jeff explains to Dennis that he is the man because Dennis asked, said, I thought you weren't the man, but he is the man. I'm uh, the one who knocks. <laughs> Jeff explains that they're going to kill you, like all three of you. At this point, my wife asked me to pause the movie because she was like, who's the man? I said, all right. And you were like, yeah, I me. Like, I was like, pay attention. <laughs> Go get me some more popcorn. Uh, we cut and a Mountain Dew. And a Mountain. I gotta go to the gas station. I really need a Mountain. Go Dew. out to the garage, baby. <laughs> go to fridge number three. Go to go to the rich fridge. I wanna <laughs> grab a couple Dews. I I am having the visual connection of going out and getting a Pepsi or a Mountain Dew from said garage fridge. And it being the Phantom Menace, uh, like tie-ins, like I am seeing like the Darth Maul and like little Anakin things on a Pepsi can in my mind. Like I'm, that's what I'm associating with that summer. Damn those! If I wouldn't have popped any of those pops, they'd be worth so much money right now. Well, eBay them later. Yeah. See how much. See if we can get you one. Twenty-four year old Mountain Dew with. Darth Maul on it. You got to drink it on the live stream. Yeah. It probably still tastes delicious. All right. We cut to Jeff. He's getting, uh, he gets back to the scene. He announces that he is, uh, reassuming command. Shoemaker's arguing with him. Uh, as this is going on, Will with one L comes up and tells Jeff that Dennis doesn't want to talk to him anymore. He wants to talk to Jeff. He doesn't respect him and he's not listening to him, which is very quick. I thought <laughs> it's like, it's like, damn, this is like a girl that rejected him. He's like, okay, I guess I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> um, Jeff tells uh, the shooters that the name is, or Jeff tells shooters, Jeff tells the name is Mars. He explains that he's got the the intel. Okay, so he got the intel from Dennis that the shooter was Mars that shot the cop and explains this to the team here. Right. Uh, Jeff has a moment, again, in the, the woods. <laughs> I think he wanted to add flashbacks here. Did anybody get that? No, I that's what I, I never got a flashback. No, no. I thought like maybe like maybe he was wanted to add a flashback to like the the fucking opening up where the kid dies. Maybe I don't know. I kind of got that feeling whenever he just stood there in the woods, like looking at the house. I mean, that's the only thing that they could flashback to. Like that's the only other <laughs> scene you know of. Yeah. It's like a memory of him and his wife and daughter like at the beach or some shit. Yeah, they should have just put in a random like him going out to the garage, grabbing a pop. <laughs> Sitting down, putting mm-hmm. on the football game. 
Everybody's happy, smiling, playing a board game. And then cut back to him in real time, just like crying. <laughs> Blood on his hands. That was the worst day of my life. All right. He calls, Jeff calls Dennis. He needs to talk with Mr. Smith. He asks if Mr. Smith is injured. Dennis says it's not his fault. He hits people harder than that all the time, and nothing ever happens. Just admit to assault. Assholes. Like yeah. <laughs> Fucking dickhead. Beat the shit out of people. By the way, uh, I fucking littered earlier, and you didn't do shit. <laughs> yeah. Threw that CD right out, bitch. You could have stopped this whole thing if you enforced fucking environmental laws. Uh, Dennis says he wants to. He wants me to give up the old man. He's telling this to Mars and uh, and Kevin after he hangs up with Jeff. Um, we cut to Jeff. He's talking with Shoemaker. Uh, he says, if you really want to help me out here, get rid of the bird and turn the lights out. Uh, Jeff calls Mikey. That's his name. The guy he was making fun of. Uh, ask what's MR, our EMT crews are on the scene. He tells them to bring in a certain guy. Uh, tells Mikey that to strip. As this is happening, uh, Jeff Tolley is taking off his clothes as well. And that uh, Mikey's going to be driving. We cut to an ambulance backing up the driveway. We got the classic sniper crosshair scene here. Uh, We got Jeff. He's in his underwear along with our other EMT, an older gentleman. Bruce Willis had on like knee-length boxers. Mm -hmm. They were so long. They looked like like the underwear you would see uh, like pilgrims wear or something. A Mormon? Yeah, why did he have on... Do any of you even wear, like, normal boxers? No. I mean, I wear the longer... It's not that long. Yeah, but are you wearing, like, a boxer brief, or are you just wearing, like, open leg, like, just... No, it's a boxer brief. Yeah, that's what I mean. He has on knee-length regular boxers. That's insanity. They they look like and-one basketball shorts. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, once I went boxer brief, I couldn't go back. Oh. Uh, We got Jeff. He's hit his gun up in the little compartment here in the ambulance. (laughs) He pulls it uh, closer to him, and our other EMT says, oh, shit. Uh, We got the gates. They open. Jeff and our our EMT, they get out. Smith is laying on the, the ground here. That was the deal. He wanted to get Mr. Smith out of the... Uh, house there because he was unconscious and hurt. Um, they rush out. They get Mr. Smith into the the bed there. He's unconscious. We got a scary moment here where they count to three and we got Mars coming out of the shadows. He says three and has a gun pointed at, at Jeff, which is one of... Did anybody catch Willis's freak out there whenever he sees it? When he sees Mars appear? Yeah. Like how he's notices it's a gun. It's really good. He's like, oh, like, I was like, oh, shit. But uh, touche for him on that. That must have been the first it, take. <laughs> yeah. They didn't, they didn't tell him he was there. 
uh, Mars says bang, and, and then he disappears into the shadows. Seems uh, like why would you threaten them at that point in the in this yeah, in this process? He's a fucking psycho, I yeah. guess. Just setting him up to be a scary guy here. Are, were you guys familiar with Ben Foster prior to this? Now, this is one of his younger roles. Like I love him and a lot of the shit he's done. I'm sure he'll be on this podcast again. Yeah. What well, else is he in? I remember him from like the mid '90s. This show, I had to look it up, but it was called Flash Forward. That was on like ABC Saturday mornings, where he was like a dweeby little high school or middle school kid, and that was my association with him. And then he did that. He did a early two there. Like you want to talk about a movie that is so dated by its two thousandsness. Uh, flick with Kirsten Dunst called Get Over It. Mm-hmm. Has like Colin Hanks and Martin Short's in it. It's actually super I've funny. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, and he plays like the loser main character of that. And then a few years later, it's like he flipped a switch and was like, I want to play the fucking psycho sidekick in everything. Hell in High Water, he's a psycho. Um, I think he's in the Mechanic remake. He plays the um, psycho Charles, sidekick. Charles in Bronson that. character? No, he plays the other one. Okay. The um, uh, Jan Michael Vincent role, I think. But yeah, something something happened in the early two thousands where he's like, I don't want to be a pretty boy anymore. I want to be, I want to talk real low and be fucking crazy. He's good in Leave No Trace. He's the lead in that one. Yeah. Should be doing more, I think. Or he's content doing what he's doing. No pressure. From the Five Day Reynolds podcast, do what you like, sir. Uh, they get Smith into the ambulance. They get the fuck out of there. Jeff announces that they need to stop the ambulance. The EMT is very confused because they need to take Mr. Smith to the hospital. Jeff explains to the EMT that Smith needs to be awake. Uh, it kind of goes a little crazy here when the EMT says he's not going to wake him up. He tells him to wake him up. EMT refuses. Uh, Jeff gets out of the, the ambulance. Uh, We cut to our masked men watching the news here uh, from our beginning about the ambulance. They get a shot of Mr. I don't know how the news got that shot of Mr. Smith getting loaded into the ambulance, but they did somehow. They're flying a helicopter up above, I guess. Yeah, I guess it could have been on the bird. Satellite. Fucking drones. Thanks, Obama. Mm -hmm. Fucking Obama. Uh, the mystery men explain to each other that they need Mr. Smith alive. Uh, they need to send somebody to the hospital and to check to check on him to make sure. Why do they even, the news? Why do they need him alive? Because they need the DVD. He's he's the only one who can unencrypt. Heaven can wait. Yeah, it seems like he's the only one that can memorize ten <laughs> numbers at the end of the movie. Ten pins. Yeah. Yeah. Cron, are you worried that you might get into this situation being an accountant? God, I wish, dude. I've Lied thought about, things I've thought about kidnapping him so many fucking times. Yeah. Oh, he'd know it was us. Let's go. This shit's usually boring, dude. He hadn't seen me in a few months. Yeah. I'll put, like, I'll, I'll put pillows around my arms, around my midsection. I'll get like behind him and ball up, yeah. and you push him, 
Mm-hmm. They yeah, all, the accountants them. always fall for that. Yeah, yeah it's fucking easy. <laughs> all right, so and then you guys just leave. <laughs> Forget mm-hmm. all about the like, kidnapping. Fuck, we forgot about. Let's <laughs> take a picture. The push went so well. <laughs> yep. I can't believe you fell for it. All right, so they're going to send somebody to check to make sure, because the news announced that Mr. Smith is dead. And uh, so they're going to send somebody to the hospital to check to make sure. And they need the DVD. Uh, We cut to Mikey. He's at the hospital. Somebody calls to check on Mr. Smith. Mikey explains that uh, Mr. Smith has died and he can only talk to family. They hang up. Uh, we cut to the ambulance, the EMT. He's working on Mr. Smith, who is not dead. That is a uh, something that Jeff rigged up. It's a bunch of sure. bullshit. Something he's going to use to his advantage. Um, oh, fuck. You know what I just thought about? We have not talked about how many times Dennis yelled, don't say my fucking name. And I, wrote it, I-, I wrote it in my notes that... You, I was hoping you'd do the Taggart thing again. Yeah. Say my fucking name, Quaylen. <laughs> I did pick that up. I was like, uh, I'm sure they're going to have a heyday with that. Uh, all right. ENT's working on Smith. Jeff, he's loading up his, uh, his famous uh, ankle pistol that we've seen about six times already. With the 17 rubber bands. Yeah. What's yep. that all about? I'll give you some it's more a grip thing, I guess. Yeah, I guess it gives Speed you more grip because it's kind of yeah. like a short handle. God. I feel like that's usually it's... like a bullshit mod in Call of Duty that you can add to, you know what I mean? It'd be like tape grip. Mm-hmm. And it gives it's you like put his hair up 10% in a ponytail, accuracy dude. or speed or some shit. All right. EMT asks what's really going on to Jeff. You Jeff shoot says, 10% faster, but occasionally a rubber band will snap off and hit you in the eye. Drop your weapon. Yeah. Uh, he says, you're not the only one he's saving. Are you, he's not the only one you're saving. But then Jeff gets interrupted by the white cell phone they've called. Uh, he steps out of the ambulance and takes the phone call from the masked mystery man. Uh, they pretty much complain to each other about what's going on. <laughs> Smith is dead. Jeff pretty much tells him to fuck off. He's going to take the DVDs and sell them on eBay. And then they decide that they need each other. It's a very uh, girlfriend-boyfriend argument. Yeah. Uh, and the the guy, the our mystery man, pretty much tells Jeff to keep his shit together. And, uh, gentlemen, we're going to take a pee break. Welcome back to, uh, the five day rentals podcast here. We're in the the middle of a hostage situation. Um, Cron Howard was taken by a masked man. We're still trying to figure out where he was taken. Oh, if only. Oh, he's still here. I'm just kidding. If I could have um, just ended my part of the podcast. <laughs> we need you, Karan. We need you. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Jeff Tolley, uh, number one sheriff of some California county, is trying to deal with the situation here. His family has been taken. Uh, he's got a hostage situation going on in a 
Kevin Pollock house, which I'm sure is not the first time that's happened in that guy's life. And uh, we're going to figure it out. Dan. Uh, we cut. Yeah. Do you do you guys think that Bruce Willis is the hostage? Kind of. To the situation? I mean, isn't everybody a hostage in this movie, kind of? That's so meta, dude. That's super meta. I mean, I'm a hostage to this plane of existence. Mm-hmm. I'm a hostage to this universe. Show? To this podcast. <laughs> I know. I've, I've, we bring this on ourselves. There's a good show in this. Somewhere. We haven't figured it out, but it's there. There's a, there's like there's a good 15. movie somewhere in Hostage. Mm-hmm. There's a good show somewhere in this 20 podcast. years from now, some kid will fan edit our podcast into 30 minutes, pure gold. Total. Pure awesomeness. Mm-hmm. All right, dudes, we got these three punks. They're trying to figure out how to get the fuck out of this house for this situation that Mars has got them in. Um, Tommy? We cut to him. He's back into the vents. We got Mars. He's brainstorming some more, and he comes up with uh, burn it. They're like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, helicopters can't see through all the smoke. Let's burn it down. And they just kind of ignore him. Uh, we cut to Jeff. Just for the record, most of those cameras have infrared, which could actually see through the smoke. So if you're ever... Stuck in a house, it. and you're trying to figure out how to get out. Mars is just working on, like, he's just bouncing from thing to thing, though. You know, show mm-hmm. up to steal a car, shoot a cop. Like, yeah, the he's, chick's he's shirt, really trying burn to, it. Mm-hmm. Burn it. Yeah, there we go. Burn it. He's really trying to get it all in in one night. Like, just all he can do. Yeah. We'll live a life in four hours. <laughs> Uh, we cut to Jeff here. He's looking at some old uh, footage of Mars committing some other crimes. Uh, apparently, he killed a store clerk and likes to watch him die. Here he is jerking off on a park bench. That's disgusting. That bothers me uh, more than him shooting the clerk. <laughs> again, you don't need you don't need this. Yeah, we got Bruce Willis once again saying we're talking to the wrong guy. Which, all right, we got it. Uh, we cut to Tommy. He's in the vents. He hears Mars and his sisters. Uh, we cut to them. They're uh, smoke. I think he's smoking a joint, so he shotguns it with uh, Jennifer there. He says, this is the best day of his life. Or, is this the best day of your life? He says, mine is today. Uh, Tommy calls Jeff from the vent. I don't know how... Mars didn't hear this. He's fucking but then he's baked, also dude. in another <laughs> spot he's when we see him on the phone. So stoned, his ears don't work anymore. Sometimes it sounds like there's little kids in the vents, you know. <laughs> uh, Tommy's in his. Uh, Tommy explains to Jeff that he's in his secret place. Uh, he also tells Jeff that the guys had found his dad's Benjamins. And asks, what are Benjamins? They're boners, Tommy. <laughs> What's a boner? 
Uh, Jeff explains to Tommy that he needs to go back to his room. That's the safest spot. Uh, then Jeff gets a call from the EMT that says that Mr. Smith is awake. Did, uh, did we skip over the video game phone call? Uh, no, 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 that's not, not yet. Okay. Agent Zero? <laughs> yeah. Um, fastest cut in five-day rentals history. Jeff is talking to Mr. Smith. Uh, he says he needs the DVD. Mr. Smith ex- finally explains that the title is Heaven Can Wait. Uh, we cut to Jeff doing some badass hoodie shit here. He's walking. Uh, he calls Tommy. And this is where he talks about the video game and shit. Which I didn't write down any of the fucking names. Oh my god. They were just talking too mm-hmm. fast. Well, he's, he's like, what games have you played? And one of them that the kid said is Wubbazorg. And he goes, yeah. he's like, Wubbazorg. I know Wubbazorg. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, how, how do you I know Wubbazorg? Yeah. Are you still playing video games? Is it a classic that they've reissued? The, why, his why, daughter, why is the it called Wubbazorg? Yeah. His daughter hates him and his wife doesn't talk to him. What the fuck else is he doing? Yeah. Wubbazorg sounds like a name you would make up in three minutes and... I just couldn't get over the Agent Zero thing. I just was immediately taken to fucking Seinfeld. <laughs> um, Jeff asked Tommy if he can get into his dad's office. And like I said, they go off on the video game stuff. Uh, they compare the situations to the video games for Tommy to, so he'll understand better. Are you like Captain Webba? <laughs> Yes, Tommy. I'm right, Captain Tommy. Wubba. I'm Captain Wubba. Yes, Tommy. You're Agent Zero. Uh, we cut to Shoemaker. She's going over the point of entries for the SWAT team, which she has one red permanent marker, and then goes over and circles one point of entry, and that's all she does. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um, this is for the SWAT team. Uh, we cut back to Jeff. He's heading up to the house to talk to Dennis alone. We cut to Tommy. He starts to sneak into his dad's office. Uh, we cut back to Jeff chatting with Dennis. Uh, he tells him that Smith had d- just died, and that's on you. Uh, we got a nice retirement cop conversation here about how he wants to own a house on a golf course and that he wants to trade Dennis Give him some money, and he'll get him out of there, pretty much. And you can, I guess he promises him that he can fly out on the helicopter, I guess. Um, Bruce Willis, Willis explains that he fucking hates golf, and that he knows about the money. Like I said, they Dennis offers half, which, which I'll ask that question later, because I was, I was kind of confused about the whole money thing. Uh, he, well, Jeff tells him you, to leave. Money buys you stuff. So well, I know if you that, have but I was, money, you can get stuff, or you can give stuff and get money. I was, I was confused about the amount that they discussed, because then Dennis gives them the full two million. No, I, I'm like that's not what they discussed. I think at first they offer him like fifty grand, and he's like. No, that's way too low. And then they yeah. offer them he they offer half of whatever they found in the house. So they found four million dollars. 
I thought they were splitting two million, so they gave him one, and they kept the other one. Yeah, but he throws the bags, and he says, two million, it's all there. I, it does that in a moment of panic, though, I thought. Well, they got to load it all onto the helicopter anyway. Like, we'll split it up when we land. Yeah. But they're hoping to use this $2 million to buy things. Oh, yeah. Duh. DVDs, video games. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Scream 2, um, the video game. Jerry Coins. Mm-hmm. Ad time for this podcast. Star Wars Pepsi cans. Airheads. Um... So, yeah, trade helicopter for cash. That's pretty much what that comes down to. Uh, we got to Tommy. He finds both Heaven Can Wait DVDs. What? This little, uh, holy shit. At least the kid was smart enough to take both of them, I guess. Yeah. that's When he like, was, like, holding them side by side, it's like, just take them both, dude. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, Tommy tries to get back into the vent, but I guess it locked. So he tries to find another route to get back to where he needs to be. But as he's doing this, he does get spotted by uh, Dennis's younger brother, Kevin. But Kevin sees him, and he just starts talking to Dennis more and covers up for Tommy, lets Tommy get out of there. So we know that Kevin cares, guys. I think this is the back and forth between Dennis and Kevin that I imagined that the actors really worked on. Like, I like to imagine that this was the scene where they're like, dude, Ben is just going fucking crazy. He is chewing scenery. Um, Like, we got to fucking step it up. Because they really, like, they're really doing early 2000s, you know, 20-year-old acting here. Bro fighting? Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll get to it. But, uh. All right, so we cut to Mars. He's obviously falling in love with with Jennifer here, and he wants to take her take her on the helicopter ride with him. Sure, of course I guess. she, re- of course uh, she refuses. He chokes her, and she does not enjoy that. Uh, fun fact: these two actually did date during this. So, huh? Yeah, actually dated. So I'm guessing she's. Older than she is playing? Uh, appears to be, yes. Okay. Thank. Okay. No. Um, no. <laughs> no. No. She's still 14. It's, and it's, it's what you think it is. He's that hardcore of a method actor? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mars announces that uh, his girl comes with him, no matter what. Once I so. started shotgunning her bong hit, she didn't know what to do, dude. We got the shoemaker. She's giving the SWAT team more details. Uh, we cut to the helicopter, flying in. Jeff's at the front door, very dramatic. Goes into the courtyard. Dennis and Kevin, they come down. They, like I said, they throw the two million at him. Mars comes out with uh, Jennifer here on top of the stairs. He's holding her hostage with a gun to her head. Jeff is mighty confused. Uh, we got. He says three people on the chopper. That was the deal. And he's like, "I thought you were the man." He said, "I am the man." Uh, Jeff says, "Prove it." Jeff comes clean with uh, all the info that Smith uh, has bad friends and they're just going to fucking kill him no matter what. So just leave with him and he can get him out of there. 
Uh, he says Smith wasn't dead. They can beat the hard shit that he doesn't, that he knows that he didn't shoot the cop. Uh, don't let Mars fuck this up for you. Uh, Dennis gets pissed off at all this, that he was lied to, uh, acts like a little bitch, threatens to shoot Jeff. Jeff's like, I'm going to turn around and walk away right now. I'll call you on the phone. As Dennis does that, we hear a gunshot. Jeff kind of flinches, but we turn back to Dennis and he just has shot in the air. Uh, Jeff tries to take Kevin with him. He's like, well, come on, Kevin. Like, you don't need to be part of this. Dennis announces that he's in charge. Uh, and this, if you have to to keep saying it, (laughs) he says I'm in charge like nine times in this movie. Yeah. That's you guys have never heard me say that once. So you already know. I don't want to be in charge of anything. I hate it. It's yeah, it is kind of interesting that Kron has so much power and zero responsibility. It's true. The inverse of myself. Dan, it's you're like, in a beautiful, beautiful neutral zone there. It's nice here. It's like a all the, diet mountain. He's got all the power, all the looks, all the cash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm sitting over That's here. Right. I mean, in, he, in every form of politics and every form of podcasting, there are winners and losers. And every yep, he's going to announce that he's quitting, like episode eighty or some shit. What All episode right, we are the, we on now? Fourteen, fifty-nine. Eighty's huh. a stretch, dude. <laughs> I'm thinking like mid sixties. Mm-hmm. Thinking fifty-nine. We cut to Tommy. He sees all this going down. Uh, he magically opens Mr. Smith's pistol uh, uh, safe there and grabs that. Leaves the DVDs behind. Uh, Jeff tells the SWAT to stand down. Marge takes Jennifer to the garage. He starts to uh, cipher some gas out of one of the cars. Uh, but Tommy is back in the vents again. Did you say Cyber. He said, he said cipher, which is actually siphon. Yeah. Siphon? Yeah. It's all right. Whatever. I'm I'm from Missouri. I thought you said cyber, which Yeah. I I digitize <laughs> all my fuel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's what it's gonna It's all to, ones right? and zeros now anyway, man. <laughs> cipher? Isn't that the bad guy from uh Con Air? That's, no, that's Cyrus, Cyrus the Virus. The virus. Cipher You're thinking Matrix, right? Is Matrix, Joey Pants. Yeah. And then there's uh, okay. Siphon Filter, right? That was a PlayStation oh, game. game. Where the had that where game. the guy ran with funny hips. He had real f- Yeah. Did they ever make a sequel to that? Oh, we won't get on that tangent. Uh well they made a Siphon Filter too, littered with Did skeletons they? in the skulls. Crons, right up Kron's alley. All sequels must be littered with skeletons and skulls. I mean, only the good ones. <laughs> only the <laughs> ones that are so good, they won't even let you play them. There was a Siphon gotta... Filter 2 and a 3. Ooh. Omega Strain was number 4. 
Dark Mirror 2006, and then Logan Shadow. There were six games in that series. God damn. Dan, get the collection already. <laughs> the remastered PS5 <laughs> cipher filter. I got enough content for PS5 to last me for 10 years. All right, we don't, cut to an argument. Don't you have like three games total? <laughs> yeah, but he has One, zero two. time. So if he plays three, an four. hour for got... four, every four weeks, right? Elden Ring yeah, will last him busy. a while. I got like five games. Your daughter will game. graduate school and you'll complete Elden Ring. Yeah. My son will complete it before I will. Probably. You'll be, you'll be putting your kids into college and <laughs> you'll be like, I guess I can finally uh, dust off this PS5 again. Did you tell Rachel that that was an investment in your kid's future? This will teach um, them to be drone pilots. <laughs> I told her we're going and, to Target. And Obama's, she's like, Obama's Air Force. It's like, for what? I was like, I bought a PS5. <laughs> I, had uh, to, cut- I had to go to Sam's work, sign in, get a visitor's pass grovel at her desk please give, ask her please give me four hundred and ninety nine dollars <laughs> plus tax mm-hmm. i said also i need some gas so can i cipher some gas out of your car <laughs> <laughs> she said, well here's the extra hundred dollars just mm-hmm. put two gallons in she said it's siphon you fucking idiot and that's why I wasn't allowed to get a second controller. <laughs> She's like, you can have the PS5 as long as you buy siphon filter. <laughs> it's a paradox. It won't run on that system. That's that's how I'm saying no. I think they're backwards compatible, right? Yeah, I don't know if they're that far. I know they're backwards, but that'd be uh, interesting. Dan, Dan, throw your siphon filter disc into your <laughs> PS5. <laughs> See if it fires up. We'll wait. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be on like PlayStation Now eventually. Everybody likes those old games now, right? The Siphon Filter Collection. Siphon Filter is a decent game, Cron. I'm not in your memory. In your memory. I guess I need to YouTube it. Yeah. All right. We've talked way too much about my. Hey, grammatic mistakes. Hey, grammatic. You cannot fuck anything <laughs> up on this. What was the plot? Was were there skeletons involved? I don't fucking remember shit. The plot. I of, think it was like a spy. You were kind of like a spy. Yeah. The plot centers on special agents Gabriel Logan and Leon Zing, who are tasked by the United States government to apprehend an international terrorist named Eric Romer. Sounds like a movie we're going to cover. <laughs> yeah, Siphon Filter 2. The plot picks up immediately where the previous Siphon Filter ended. Gabe sets out to cure the virus while being targeted by a terrorist. Or as a terrorist by the government. Gabe finds himself surrounded by skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We cut to an, he's, the lamest argument ever between <laughs> Dennis and Kevin here. He's looking for any door that he can find. Having been framed for murdering all those innocent skeletons, Logan finds himself in the running man. Um, 
pretty much Kevin tells Dennis it's me or Mars. Um, he throws the cash around the room super lamely. Like, I, oh, this is the scene. This is the scene that I imagine like the day before these guys were like in their trailer. Like, we got to go fucking hard on this dude, all right? Gotta make it ben is making us look like fucking punks out here, all right? It's a Bruce Willis movie, fucker. Um, just doing guys, rails Dennis, and Mountain Dew. Just Dennis chooses the money over his brother. Uh, this is where Dennis smacks Kevin around. Uh, Kevin throws the money around the room, like I said, not doing anything. It's like, how do you like that? <laughs> uh, we got the shoemaker. She's telling Jeff the situation. Uh, I is subscribe out of his hands. to an OnlyFans that's just a girl throwing money around a room. I mean, I, I do, do you feel like fully that? clothed. Like, yeah, yeah, it's unsexual. Well, I feel like in a you know, if you were in a hostage situation, the one thing you have an abundance of is like time on your hands where you're not really doing much of anything so it's kind of like isn't that what that stick song is about too much time on my hands Mm -hmm. i think these guys would be up in tommy's room like fucking rocking ps3 or whatever was at it playing siphon filter jamming on siphon filter (laughs) slamming a mountain dew you're pretty cool tommy yeah, smoking some pot. Your sister's like, kind of lame in hindsight. Holy shit! Whoa, you can get into the Vince, dude. No way. Like a regular diehard up in here. So Check out your off. cool. Check out your cool light up jack or lantern you got in here. Uh, we cut to Smith. Our shoemaker, she's telling Jeff the situation is out of his hands. Jeff tries to swing on her. Um, just then they come up and say the FBI wants to talk with Jeff and that they're taking over the situation. Uh, we cut to the FBI showing up very dramatically. Smith uh, is under witness protection. That's what the FBI says. And the FBI dismisses a shoemaker, so she's no longer in charge. Uh, the FBI get Jeff into the back of the vehicle. They show a picture of his family tied up. The white cell phone rings. The man says, that's probably my cell phone that I gave you. Uh, Jeff stays put. He says, Our, the mystery man, the older guy, talks to him. He says, stay put. We're almost done. He says, wow, counterfeit feds must be expensive. He said, they might be real. They might not be. Uh, he just said, leave it up to my men. The less you know, the better. Uh, we cut to Mars with Jennifer. He ties her up to the bed. It's getting pretty rapey in there. But then he leaves. Uh, we cut to Dennis. He's trying to make up with Kevin. Kevin's not having it. We cut to Jeff. He's trying to tell the FBI that there's kids in the house. He's They're walking up to the house. FBI says, you come any closer to the house, your family's dead. So he stops. Uh, we cut to Kevin. He's checking up on Tommy in Tommy's room. Uh, Mars magically appears from the garage to upstairs right in front of him. Uh, Kevin says, it's over, man. I'm leaving. I'm taking the. I'm taking Jennifer and I'm taking Tommy and I'm out. And Mars says, if you got to go, you got to go, man. <laughs> but then as Kevin's leaving, he throws him over the uh, banister there. 
Uh, pretty brutal fall there, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis turns around because this gets his attention. He goes over and says, they shot Kevin. They've shot him. Uh, please do something, Mars. Mars says, I am. And he shoots Dennis. Oh, and they die ice embracing cold. each other. They die embracing each other with brotherly love. Lips locked. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. What version did you watch? Uh, we cut to Jeff. He's having a moment again here. Um, then we cut back to Tommy. He's trying to free his sister. Mars appears, of course, in the bedroom. Uh, Tommy pulls the gun that he found, but he can't shoot Mars because it's on safety. Uh, he grabs it, pushes it into him, but he can't do it. He uh, throws Tommy across the room, goes to get Jennifer. She gets undone, stabs Mars with a knife right in the cheek, and her and Tommy take to the vents, man. Uh, we cut back to the FBI. They're moving in. Jeff calls Tommy from the phone so he can hear all the shenanigans that's going on in the house. Mars has entered the vents looking like a motherfucking creature from a sci-fi movie. Looks like yeah. the beast from the aforementioned Split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, good old classic vent chase going. Yeah. Mars classic catches up. Vent chase. <laughs> Do we have to run through movies that have vent chases? Because yeah, please do. There's more vent chases than there are movies. Guys ask for uh, helicopters. That's no how way, dude. About the same. There's way um, more. Mars catches up here multiple times. He catches Jennifer legs. She kicks free. Kicks free. They get out of the vent. Mars catches up again. Uh, Tommy and Jennifer get into the safe closet. Uh, like I said, there's a two-way mirror in there that Karan had mentioned early. Er, uh, Mars breaks one of the fucking. I don't. Is it the cover-up? I guess. Yeah, it's like the the thing on the other side that doesn't let you see through. Yeah. Okay. So he breaks that. Start to shoot the glass. That doesn't help you. There's bulletproof. Uh, Jeff's listening to all this on the phone. Still, uh, he starts to take off towards the house on foot. Mars and Blood writes "burn it" on the glass so they can see that. Hey, did you uh, we cut? Did you notice he wrote his R oh, backwards? He did. He th- did the corn. Well, I, I was gonna say, do you think he has the Shining? Oh, well, that shows us uh, our respective pop culture influences for reverse R's. Mm-hmm. I think you should. Should have just did burn. Burn it. I don't know. That's what what a shirt says. Burn. Yeah. I know, but... Has anybody looked up that band, Burn It? I don't know if it's a band or not. I don't know. Oh, I thought she was just trying to be hip. Yeah. Who would buy a shirt that just says burn it? People buy shirts with anarchy symbols on them. (laughs) Have you been to a Hot Topic? Yeah, dude. No, not in a very long time. <laughs> Where are you staying stocked up on your Batman wallets and Lincoln Park earrings? Mm-hmm. Lincoln Park's not cool anymore. Mario wristbands. I yeah. mean, where are you getting that stuff? My Pikachu shirts. You don't have a Minecraft shovel pillow? 
Where are you getting your uh, 60 black rubber bracelets that you <laughs> can wear? Or am I getting my uh, Super Mario Brothers cover shower curtain? Mm-hmm. Or the Kurt Cobain shirt that's going to fucking shrink two sizes. Or your uh, ball bearing necklace. Got any more? Nah, because half of what I was thinking of, I was like, ah, oh, shit, that's actually Spencer's. Your studded leather belt. <laughs> where did I? Where am I getting my Nightmare Before Christmas hoodie? Mm-hmm. We've lost like all of our <laughs> listeners now. What do you think? What yeah, do you think yeah. is legit in there now? Is it just all the Batman? It's probably all the Batman right now. Yeah. Yeah, we lost our listeners at this bit. They they liked the rest of the episode until we insulted. I, I will topic. listen to this section when I edit it, and then maybe one of our friends will listen. No other person on the planet is listening to this conversation right now. Mm-mm. That's the one thing that they're gonna make. like. Your guys' hot topic bit was amazing. Like, holy shit, you made it two hours and 20 minutes into the show? Fuck it'll, it'll more likely be, we're Hot Topic Corporate. This is a cease and desist. <laughs> yes. We have a bot that, <laughs> yeah, that analyzes all audio. Which I'll, I'll frame up here as we get them. <laughs> all right, we cut to the FBI. They're trying to blow the gate. Uh, Jeff Tully says, fuck that. He just drives his cruiser straight through it, dudes. Um we got Mars. He's uh, just a true anarchist, and he has a whole shitload of Molotov cocktails. Uh, he throws it at the car. We cut to the FBI. They're repelling in from the rocks up from where the house is. Uh, Jeff's made his way into the house. It's already burning down. Mars has been busy. Uh, the FBI blows their way into Smith's office. Jeff fights uh, the flames. Uh, FBI... Steps into just Tommy's room. Just the fire. Just <laughs> He's fighting the flames, baby. Uh, the FBI, they get into Tommy's room, and uh, uh, Mars is up in the vents, and he just lights them up with a, with a good old Zippo, trusty Zippo. Uh, FBI is looking for the DVDs. Jeff locates Jen and Tommy. Uh, Tommy's got the DVDs. He shows them to Jeff as he saves them. FBI can't find them. Mars comes down like Dracula and uh, shoots one of the guys in the head, the FBI guys. Uh, guy, another FBI. He's like the malignant monster at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's inspiration, yeah. probably. <laughs> uh, the other FBI guy, uh, FBI guy notices this. Uh, and he shoots up into the vents and hits Mars. Uh, Jeff starts to make his way out of the, the burning house here. Our main FBI guy stops him, shoots Jeff. Uh, Jeff tosses over the DVDs to the FBI guy. Mars comes out of uh, from behind and tosses a Molotov cocktail at our FBI guy. Uh, FBI guy shoots it, which I thought was pretty cool. I bet it still burns him. Uh, Jeff pulls uh, his sweet leg gun and fires uh, on his FBI ass. Kills that guy. Unloads his clip. Kills him. Uh, But here comes Mars with two more Molotov cocktails in his hands. 
Uh, he throws one over by Jeff and the kids. He has another one in his hand. Is that the pose that you world. practice in the mirror? Like when you get the part? Mm-hmm. You're like, all right. Absolutely. That's what they told him to do at the audition. Oh, okay. Like, Give us your best, you the crow. Mm-hmm. You're coming down a burning hallway with some Molotovs. We got some weird... Um, Got some weird shots here of him with the with the cocktails and her looking like Mother Magdalene or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. Was that supposed to be like a Jesus reference or some shit? It, this is where the movie it's, really feels French. Yeah. I don't know how else to yes. describe it. It's like when you watch a movie and you go like, that's Canadian. Those are Canadian actors. That's a Canadian set. This, I was like. I already knew it was a. (laughs) Sorry. I I already knew that this was a French director, but it was like, oh, this was hard to get past. This is definitely Uh, a lot of the. We don't want to. We don't want to overshadow our guest, uh, Canadian Cron. Yeah. Oh hey. (laughs) Oh sorry. Bye. (laughs) He's so polite. I just don't know whatever to ask him. You know. We're always so, we're always, yeah, we're always so mean to all of our other guests. Oh, hey like, guys, what I miss? <laughs> Just Canadian Quran again. Oh, man. Your alter ego. I got to catch <laughs> that guy sometimes. <laughs> Short and sweet. Yeah. It's like that maple syrup. He knows when to get in and get out, I mean. <laughs> always apologizing. I don't know why. We should be apologizing. He's yeah. He's the one we would want around, and we can never figure out how to keep him. De Palma is here for way too long. Like, fuck Nate Hands. I don't Canadian want Canadian Cron. Cana- yeah, we just we're so taken aback. All right, guys, let's, let's get through this. We're almost done. Short and sweet, like Canadian Cron. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, like I said, we get some weird fucking shots. Apparently, uh, being shot by the FBI guy catches up to old Mars here, and he just kind of dramatically falls, and the cocktail engulfs him in flames. Uh, we got a waterfall piece in the center of this house that has been present throughout. Jeff Tully is a smart man, and he shoots it to put out some of the flames to get everybody out of the house before it burns down. Uh, we cut back to our EMT patching up Jeff here. Uh, the white phone rings again. Uh, Jeff says, uh, or what the guy on the phone says, Jeff's family's dead. He says, fuck you. Jeff, uh, puts Smith on the phone. <laughs> now what? Uh, we watch the ambulance leave. Jeff shows Smith, his kids on the way out. So he knows that they're still alive. Uh, Smith explains that he cooks the books pretty much. He's telling every all the illegal shit he's doing to Jeff and about why these guys are after all this shit. We cut to the ambulance. They pull into an old hotel. Jeff's badly shot. He gets Smith out at gunpoint. He has taped the <clears throat> gun 
around his hand, which is connected to a piece of tape that runs around the neck of uh, Mr. Smith here. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was all right. Uh, He takes him in there. Of course, we got all our mashed gentlemen from the beginning that started all this shenanigans. Uh, Jeff sees his family. Uh, Smith gives details about the offshore account to prove that he still has the information. Uh, Jeff wants to leave Smith and take his family, but our mashed gentlemen are not falling for this. Uh, Sounds like you're saying mash every time. Sorry. Mask? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to explain my whistle that happened 20 seconds ago. Somebody's like, did he whistle? Yeah. It's a mash thing. Sorry. Sorry, guys. No, I love it. I wouldn't. Don't change a fucking thing. Um, where are we? Okay, yeah. He Jeff says I haven't seen your face. Like I can't see your face, guys. Um, let me go with my family. Mask guy wants uh, Smith to be cut loose. Jeff disagrees. Um. He finally, finally, Jeff agrees to cut Smith free. He tosses him over. Smith tells Jeff that he's a fucking dead man. Tells the mask guys to uh, kill Jeff because uh, he's seen Smith's face. Uh, Jeff, with a smart move here, says, "My family hasn't seen Walter Smith's face." He uses his full name. I thought that was kind of a cool little detail. Uh, all of a sudden, Smith just shoots our main masked uh, bandit there in the head with uh, Jeff's fucking gun. You can see the his hair ties on there. Uh, Jeff starts to slay waste to uh, all these dudes, guys. Great shot, this guy. Yep. Um, but he does not shoot Mr. Smith. I think we figured out that with since Mr. Smith has Jeff's gun, that he was in with Jeff. Tolly. Um, Jeff loses his shit a little, unloads his whole clip into the dead body. Uh, Jeff gets family. He cries like a bitch. Walks out with his family. And credits, guys, for Hostage 2005. French as fuck, dude. Two hours and 20 minutes is how long the movie is. I think it's like an hour 50, so I think we're all right. You got uh, any further Uh, research? Kind of added it all in there. Like I said, released in 2005. I can't remember the dates. I thought it was a fall release. Uh, $52 million is the estimated budget. It made 77 worldwide, so it was a success, I guess. Not bad. Yeah. More, but, uh, more than I thought this would cost or make, so. So, I said, not much. I sprinkled everything really in there. His daughter was his daughter, and and then the a lot of it was just such and such appeared with Bruce Willis in this movie and Bruce Willis in that movie. And there's like five or six guys in this movie that appeared in other Bruce Willis movies. So not missing much. Like I said, not a hugely popular movie here, but that's what we like to cover on the five day riddles podcast. Um, 
gentlemen, your final thoughts on hostage here before we move into uh, America's favorite game? Uh, I would like to to give some props to the actor Kim Coates. You don't really see his face, but he is the he's the main voice of the uh, of the mob or whatever. Guy's got a great voice. He's got pretty piercing eyes. Um, yeah, my favorite part of the movie, I think, is is when they've when they first capture Jeff and they reveal that they've got his family. I think that's executed really well. Um, it does seem ridiculous, like how insane his like now put your left hand through the steering wheel and do this and do that. But I think that's exactly what you would need to do and. The prep and the reveal and all of that, I think, works. Um, yeah, I think the movie could be a little bit shorter. I think it folds in on itself a little bit. It kind of repeats sort of the same stuff. I think once once you you get to that, uh, hey, we've got your kids, I think the movie just got, it's got to crank itself up. And it, it takes too many breathers, I think, after that. Crunk? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> like I said, uh, there, there was a the front, you know, I don't know, maybe 40 minutes of this movie. I was kind of like, this is all better than I thought it would be. Like, it's entertaining, nothing crazy. Um, I think it's by the time you get to, like, Wubbazorg and uh, some of the... Like, there's a really weird part where um, I think it's whenever they they have the kind of like fake out helicopter thing um, where Bruce Willis tells Dennis like, Hey, I, I was really just lying about that guy being dead. Like he's okay. It's like, I don't know if that's the best way to go right when you're about to get him on the plane to yeah. be like, Hey, I've been lying to you this whole time. So let's hop on this airplane or on this helicopter together and, you know, go away. Um, I don't know. It just kind of, I feel like it, it's a pretty good setup. Um, fine that they got Bruce Willis, but it just kind of stumbles over itself for like the back half of it. So more pacing than anything, like, you know, mm -hmm. setup is good. I think Bruce, Bruce Willis is fine. Everybody else in the movie is doing a pretty good job. So That's it. Right on. <clears throat> I will say, um, good lighting, I thought, for this one. Yeah. I thought that was nice. Nice flames, too, with the house at the end. I thought, I was like, all right. I thought that looked pretty good. When did digital fire take over? Maybe like five nice. years later? It's way safer. Hey, I get it. I mean, I went on like a cool. few episodes ago about like there's no reason to have fucking blanks on sets anymore. So, but, but more real fire. Oh yeah, yeah. Less fire power, more fire. We can put out fires. You can I mean. you can fight fire. Yeah. We Dan yeah, what, Dan talked about it. You can punch the flames. Fights the flames, you can man. MMA. You can choke them out. Let's play. Oh, yeah, I mean, let's do it. Let's play. Rate my box. Rate me up inside. 
Crown, why don't you go first today? I'm just going to give you both a 2.5 on this one. Dan, I'm going to give you a 3, Cron 2.5. I think I'm going to go Cron's route and do a 2.5 for both Ivians. Um, Yeah, I mean, I kind of just... Gave some final thoughts on this. I am a 2.5. Um, I do feel like, I mean, it's hard for me to think of a movie that is more kind of straight down the middle. Like, I was entertained, um, but I was not, I was definitely not like impressed by much of anything. Um, it's kind of like I could see this as a good one time watch. Like, I saw it, had a fine enough time, probably don't ever need to watch it again, but. Um, yeah, it's entertaining, like got some thrills, got some twists and turns, um, worth of viewing, but just kind of five out of 10, you know? I probably, (laughs) I probably would have given this a three, like that's probably where I would have been before we watched it. Um, I had watched this years ago. I think I was possibly working in a movie theater. I had just started working at a movie theater around the time that this came out. I remember watching it a few years later on DVD. I had a lot of fun watching this. I don't want to shit on this too much because while I do think it has some pacing problems, like you were saying, Kron, it does sort of waver in and lose itself at times towards the end. But I think it's got some pretty smart setups. There's n- there's not really anything in the movie where I'm like, why are you doing that? I do sort of understand it. Or even if you're kind of like, if they sh- don't, they don't always have the carrot out in front of you to show what he's doing. They do show you like, this is why five minutes later. And I think it works. Um, I love Bruce Willis, especially up until this point. And I think even on the parts that he phones it in, it still sort of work. And then when he really tries in this movie, I think it fucking works. So do I think I'll watch it again? No, but I don't ever take watchability or replayability into my scores. So I'm a 3.5 on this, actually. I think it's done pretty well. Dan? Uh, gentlemen, the letterboxed user rating for Hostage from 2005 at the time of this review was a 2.9. Um, I think Ben does a good job here. Um, Willis is a good like I said, when he's trying, he's good. Uh, on the first viewing, 
I was a 2.5. And I think on the second viewing, I think it, like I said, it did answer all of its questions. It got what it needed to get done. Explained everything. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a three on this one. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty entertaining. I mean, yeah, like I said, pacing is an issue, but I think this is the director of one of his first movies. So, I mean, I don't know. Will it change if I watch it again? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I thought it was... I thought this was a good pick of not getting into, like, super direct-to-video, like, Bruce Willis... So I thought, yeah, I agree with Bones at the beginning where he says this is kind of the crest. So, you know, every second counts, guys. It's a three for me. You seem so ashamed of giving it a three in a way. I'm not ashamed. I mean, Kron is probably right. It's 2.5, but I mean, there's just little details that push it. I like the kid in the vent. I thought that was... yeah. Kind of cool. I'm right there with and you. I, go with your heart, man. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a three. I don't know. Like I said, if I watch it a year from now, I'll probably be like, oh, shit, this, this fucking sucks. But I don't know. I feel it deserves a three. All right, guys. Uh, Hostage would have an average score from the three of us of a perfect 3.0. It would currently be at number... 27 on the big list it would be right above black dog at number 28 and it would currently be tied at a three with hollow man (laughs) hollow man yeah i'd i'd go hollow man here there's your answer (laughs) you should still say dan well he gave hollow man a 2.5 so Guess I would have to go with hostage. You don't have to. I mean, you could. Halloween's a little more fun, I guess. Hostage is less rapey. Barely. (laughs) Well, no, it's Verhoeven, so there's. Yes. Yeah, you're right. I'll go with hostage. It's not going to matter anyway. You guys already outvoted it. Uh, that would make Hostage at number 27. All right. Krant, uh, it's our final Rate My Letterbox for this batch before we go into our review show. Dan got a one point. Kron, you got a point five, And I got a two. All right, guys. Uh, final scores going into the next Rewind. Bones has a 19.5. He will select first. I will select second with 16 points. And Dan bringing up that third slot with 15. All right. We can just step our our ratings up, Kron. Well, the one time I... Shouldn't be losing this bad. The one time I won and got to go, that's when... Batman got 5.5 points, so it doesn't matter. I mean. Hmm. This math makes no sense. Do you do you have your moves? I think so. 
Okay. You mean these moves? I'm just. Oh shit! It's turning me on too much. I'm, I'm popping and locking for the listener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good thing my said. good thing my from waist down is behind this counter. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't wear pants during this no. stuff, guys. Um, ladies and gentlemen, hostage from 2005. Uh, this concludes our category of the big three, but not the three that you want. Where we chose, Karan took us with a Sylvester Stallone. Bones had a Arnie, and I had a Bruce Willis. So, cliffhanger, the running man, and hostage. There you go. Check it out. Um, One last thing next to week. Do. Oh shit! Yeah, we got to do. We always uh, forget. Mar- Mary fuck kill. Marry me, fuck me, kill me. Isn't that... That's life. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. It marries you. (laughs) I guess that's the best order. You get married, you fuck, and then you're like, kill me. Mm -hmm. That's a very classical and conservative approach, (laughs) Bones. All right, let me see here. I'm getting married before you have sex, so... Oh my gosh. I got mine. Yeah, I got mine. Yeah. You guys go ahead. I'm having. All right, I'll go first. Uh, I would absolutely marry Cliffhanger. I would fuck Running Man. And I would kill Hostage. But with the caveat of with this group of three films, this might be like the least killable one that we've had so far. Like all of these movies I liked, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm there with you. I'm marrying Running Man, fucking Cliffhanger, and I'm just putting Hostage out of its misery. That's it. It's, I'm not happy about it. I think I'm marrying Running Man... Fucking cliffhanger and yeah, killing hostage. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds all right. Low five, buddy. Got a big uh, dynamo fan, I guess. A couple big dynamo guys. I'm I'm a fan of dynamo getting a what for. (laughs) Got off easy as far as I'm concerned. Did you guys get your um, 10 sequel ideas ready for the Dynamo spinoff? <laughs> Never answered that. Are we going to do like a redemption HBO series, you know, like 10 episodes? No. Dynamo is even worse than where we left <laughs> running, man. Well, this is it, man. We ain't coming back. There's no after credits. Not tonight. Not tonight. Somber. We will reveal next category on uh next week's show the rewind bones i believe you're up mm-hmm. yep get those yep. categories dialed. i gotta in. get a i gotta gotta get a quiz for you guys like some sort of game for in between our our draft there it'd be fun guys we've been doing this for a year oh yeah congrats guys 
one whole year. Not a ton of show for it, but hey, I have fun. It's uh, it's the best time of the week. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Dan couldn't get allergies. that out without okay allergies. Thank God. Without vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get us out of here, Dan. Ah, uh, folks, Hostage 2005. Go check out the rest of the categories in the big three, but not the ones that you want. Uh, we'll see you next week with uh, the rewind number five. Uh, friendships will be destroyed. Rate my letterbox. Ratings will be redone, reduxed, re-upped. Uh, and don't worry, we can no longer put more points towards Batman Forever. What a bummer. Least. What a bummer. People are pissed. Somebody will probably test those boundaries. That's what I'm saying. There might be a loophole that we need to know about. I foresee it being a very pleasant game. Because now that that's that's done and it's safe, it's safety is secured. Says the guy who made the power move. Um, Balls like these, motherfucker. I'll make whatever power move I want. Your balls look great, man. Thank you. Uh, from all of us at the Five Day Reynolds podcast, Laundry Dan, Cron Howard, and Bones, um, buddies forever, man. Quit saying my fucking name, Quaylen. I know what was org. <laughs>